Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whenever you need sports, sports conference, tune in to the nosebleed seats. That was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. Join Zach Wolfchuck, Zach Babb, and Eric Giafalo as they take you through the top stories of the week and beyond. I don't know who the hell that is. It's time for the nosebleed seats. There's not much that gets me more fired up. It's about that time for some nosebleed seats. The show everyone can afford to listen to. I am your host, Zach Wolchuk, alongside Eric Giafalo and our producer, the great Zach Babb. It is episode number 20. Shout out to Barry Sanders. The big 2-0. Good old Barry. Yeah. I'm feeling good. Are you? Yeah. I think Barry... Uh, the big 2-0. Barry was a heck of a player, man. He kinda, was just jitterbugging his way all over the field. And, and it's kind of a monumental moment for us as a show. Yes. I mean, number 20, that's kind of a that's a staple moment. Venti is 20. You said it, baby. We got a loaded show as per usual. We're talking NBA. There's all, man, the NBA world has just gone crazy. You think the finals are over? That means no more NBA talk? No, no, no. It's just beginning. Balls deep. We are getting balls deep. Real deep in there. So we got that. Free agency, trade rumors, NBA draft. We got Kennedy Miller coming on. Mm. He's going to tell us all about free agency. What the heck's going on in Cleveland? Are they getting Paul George? Are they not? Are they getting Chauncey Billups? David Shaw out the door. Not David Shaw. That's the Stanford head coach. I'm, I'm pretty sure... The Griffin. Lakers, I'm pretty sure the Lakers, the Cavaliers, and some other really good team are also going to get Paul George this year. All three of them. All three of them are going to yeah. get to play with him a little bit. They're all going to get Paul George. He's going to be on multiple teams. It's going to be nuts, man. NBA draft Thursday night. We got Nick Nepic, the draft boss, coming on. Sexy. To talk with us. We'll do a little quick pat, quick, 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 quick put with the NHL expansion draft. We'll get weird. Always NFL news. The top 100 is getting good now. Not only the NFL top 100, but pro football focus releasing a top 50. We'll compare and contrast. Always we're going balls deep with Connor and Floyd and some other UFC and entertainment news. But first and foremost, gentlemen, how y'all doing since we last spoke? I'm a little sore, man. I started trying to get my beach body back together. Really? Hitting the gym a little bit. And just, you know how it goes when you haven't hit the gym in a year. Like I pretty much haven't. Just just sore all over. Tell you, after 25 years, the first time you go, oh, I can barely move the next tough? day. Yeah. Jeez, I'm limp. Oh, I hate when that happens. It's the worst. I haven't been limp in years, though. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, lucky me. You don't have to sit in the bathtubs like in those commercials holding hands? Not anymore. Okay. Bam, how was your weekend? Moved along. Parents came in from Houston over oh, the weekend. You had visited. some visit time with the familia. Yep. Father's Day? They used me at no, they used me as a pit stop on their way to Lubbock. Oh, nice. What's happening in Lubbock? Oh, the sister moving in? Yes. Already? Well, uh, orientation. Okay, gotcha. Shout out to Maddie. Say Maddie what? Daddy. So. How are you, Walchick? What's going on with you, big boy? Man, I'm okay. Just been uh working, doing the huge, just hanging out, beaching out. But I did come across uh a conversation and it made me think about 
something. You know, I, last show was very poo heavy. Oh my god! It got, Us? Yeah, oh, it was. It, it got it interesting. Smelled, oh my god! You know how bad it smelled. I had to wash my hands after the show. So it made me think of something like, all right, let's say you're you're dating. You know, and this can be. It's Pride Month. We mentioned that last week. Well, are so we it talking can be, poo? Right now, talking, are we talking poo? We're talking poo with the significant other. Back to back, yeah. Poo week. So let's man. say you're with a girl you're dating. You're with a man you're dating. You're whatever the situation In is. In Bab's case, a romantic setting, right? You're hanging out. When is it appropriate to you know cross that bridge, jump that hurdle, and, and poop on each other, and be able to just at least pass gas in front of each other without it being like weird? Oh well, I thought you were going next level with that. I thought you were talking about pooping on each other. No, no, no. And I was like, at least I was thinking at least three months. <laughs> I've probably. had enough of the pooing <laughs> at on. Least three months. No reverse blumpkins here. I'm just talking. You know, you pass gas. It's just a natural thing. Or even just admitting, like, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom because I-, I was talking with a buddy of mine that I'm working with. And he recently got a girlfriend. He started dating. You know, they met on, I think it was Bumble as well. Boom, and then baby. I'm talking to her girl off of Bumble. And uh, we, I, I was actually talking to her about it when we were hanging out the other night. Talking and, about pooing and farting? Just talking about how he, we'd work together the next day after he would hang out with this girl at night. And he was coming in all stuffed up. He wasn't able to get that release because he was holding it in. Yeah. Because it's embarrassing to either not only one pass gas, but two just you know, they know you're going to take a poo. So listen, that's me. Like whoever you're describing right now, you're describing me. Okay. I, I've left many a date with a stomach ache. Um, you know, just it, it builds up in there and it's never good to build up. I mean, in anything, you never want something to build up in any facet Isn't of life. Isn't that what causes constipation? I think I think it does. Yeah. And just irritable everything. Irritable man. bowel syndrome. It just sucks. So it's not it's not the healthy thing to do, no question. Your doctor would recommend fart in front of your girl. You know, dump in front of you, whatever you got to do. You that's don't have the to dump in side. front, but at least, well, like, maybe not in front. Not be but shy like behind. and awkward and embarrassed by, like, look, I'm going to go to the bathroom for 10 minutes. I'll be back. Yeah, see, I, I, have, I have yet to be in a relationship where I was comfortable enough to say, hey, baby, I'm going to go drop one real quick. I'll be back in five. Or, hey, sugar, I just ripped one. Just stay <laughs> step aside or just for a little so bit. you know what's going on. Yeah. Now, I have had – now, I mean, everybody messes up sometimes, you know, where it's like you didn't want to, but it just came out, and now now we got a problem on our hands. I've had that happen to me before. And it sucked because not only did it happen to me, it was a silent one, but it was – when I look back <laughs> at all the – smelling? When I look at all, all the farts <laughs> I've ever had in my entire silent life. Silent but deadly. Dating oh, back no. to infancy, there has never been a fart come out of me that was that bad. And so it it was it lingered it took over the entire house and like people the neighbors the neighbors were like what the hell like it was bad it was bad she lived on a one acre lot the neighbors smelled it so are you kidding me are you being no I'm being dead serious when I when I'm when I'm telling you I she was like walking into the room and I thought she was gonna be out of there for a a little bit and so I made it happen and then as soon as I did it and it started (laughs) just engrossing the room in this awful fragrance she comes walking in and I'm like waving her back like no 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 no." but she doesn't get it and she walks in and then you could just see like it hits her in the face like as soon as she just walked (laughs) in and it's a boop and she just (laughs) the look on her face she was disgusted (gasps) she just walked right into hell and we never. Never talked again. Really? That was it? That was the last one, yeah. Jeez, so. a deal breaker. See, I'm, an, I really I'm blew too that open one. and honest, and I've had some accidents as well. Fortunately for me, it's just been loud. It's just been like, oh, that happened, and I just don't say anything and pretend like it does. And I know yeah. she heard, she, oh, but so she, she didn't, oh, really? so that, she didn't that's say anything awkward. either, though. No, we just Is moved that not, on. That means you're not that open, because if you were open, you'd be like, hey, I'm about to rip one. 
boom, there it is. It was, or it, it was like it, a, you say, hey, that was, you know what that was. I didn't know that it was coming though. It just kind of poked out because literally, I'm not unless I'm seriously dating a girl. I try and be polite and hold that in too. Yeah, I'm it's not just kind of what to... you try and do. It's an uncomfortable thing to deal with. But when is it that time where you can just say, okay, let's talk about this. Uh, I feel like we're comfortable with each other enough. We're hanging out enough. We like each other to wear. It's like I don't want to have to worry about this. Let's address the elephant in the room, baby. I'm farting right now. So uh, there is there's no exact line because whoever you could talk to someone who would say in the first five minutes is is fine. You know, you just have sick, disgusting that are like that, and that's why they're still single. And I have plenty of friends that are like that that will like day two of a relationship, boom, rip it, no problem, don't care. Like they're like they're hanging with their boys. Like just doesn't matter. I and guess I'm like, Dude, if you want to know, let's just put it this way. I don't know what the number is because I've dated. I, I guess the max I've ever dated a girl is like a year. Well, and you're also dating like the creme de la creme of the world, like Miss USA's. That's true, and they can't handle the farts. They though. don't like it at all. That backfired the first time, and so I haven't tried it again. And now, yeah, dude. I mean, for me, at least over a year because I've had I've been in year long relationships, and I didn't let that happen. At least not on purpose. So. Yeah, dude. I, I, some people would say couple dates. I would say maybe a lifetime. Maybe like 70s, 80s. You're like, all right, babe, let's just talk about dude, this. Dude, I'm a big guy. We've been married And I for like 50 my years. food. And fortunately, the girl that I'm talking to now is also a foodie, if you want to call it that. She's, she's a foodie. Down. Is that a nice way of saying she's... No, dude. It's not... God, you're so... I'm just saying. Like, so what shallow. are you doing? I, I don't know no, what you're... She's, she's a foodie. She, she likes, likes to eat. Cool. So She likes I. food as well. Yeah. Well, but most like people, more than most? Well, there, there are... She's got a food fetish? <laughs> she's got a food fetish. Yeah. She loves to bake. Oh, that's my kind of lady. So, I don't know. I just felt like it was an interesting... It just sounded terrible when my, when my buddy was telling me about this. And then I was thinking, you know... What am I going to do in that situation? And I think I'm just talked about it. I got the elephant out. We, we talked about it. So now, next time, I'm just going to fart. If I feel it coming, I'm okay, just going to so do how, it. Well, I'm curious to know the girl's perspective. Well, how did she react to she one? She wasn't reacting super great about it. I'll say really? that. So how did you break but it this was funny. ice? You said, baby, we need to talk about this. To be honest, I could feel a fart coming on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, that'll do it right there. That'll start the conversation. So we're laying there. I can feel a fart coming on. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, no, no, no. Because it wasn't in my place. Like, if it's in my place, I'll own it, whatever. I'm at her place. Wow. See, it so doesn't I'm make like a difference. Chilling to me. on her furniture. I, I feel don't know. worse at your place, but I, I, it doesn't make a difference if I'm, I'm at mine I feel or yours. A little, I definitely I feel, feel worse. worse at hers. I don't okay. know if it's if it's mine. It's my own. It's my own stuff. I'm, I'm living in my own shit. Yeah, fair. But there, I don't know. I kind of want to be a little more polite on my best behavior. I want to be a good guest. So you ripped it, and then you no, no, no I didn't about rip it. it I was holding. I was holding. I was holding, and then I put it out there. I actually introduced it similar to like I did the topic here in the intro. And I just kind of asked about it. I was like, so, like, what would you do? Like, what would you think? I mean, what's the big deal with that? Would you still love me? Yeah. And uh, she, like, laughed about it and... And then farted then and we walked st- away. <laughs> See, the, what ultimately, you don't want I to- did, ultimately, I waited until I left to let the fart out. Oh, okay. So, so that sums up how it was a conversation. Yes. <laughs> well, I guess that's better than her reacting, like, in a way, like, oh, my gosh, high five. Yes, thank you. I've been worried about this. And then she just starts ripping them She's left like, and right. She's like, let's reverse bumping right now. <laughs> She's gassier than you've ever been. God, oh, that's, no. the, that's the way. That is the worst way that conversation no, could have went. she uh, has the exact same feeling we do about women. They don't poop and they don't fart, right? So she said all it is is rainbows and unicorns down there. Nothing happens. So for her, I never have to worry about her farting or pooping in front of me. But I... I might fart in front of her, and you know what? Worry. I feel a little bit better about it now. I don't think I don't think it's going to be a deal breaker. I'll say that I feel more comfortable. 
I'm going to try to avoid it. But if one slips out, I'm just going to own it and move on. Good for you. No, it's going to save you a lot of stomach aches, man. So that's the smart way to do it. It just takes confidence. It takes balls, and it takes takes Lots moxie. of gas. It takes moxie, man. I wouldn't be able to stay composed in that situation. I think the key is to just stay composed in all situations in life. You're and so it's easier right. said than done, but yes. if you can just close your eyes, take a deep breath, and say, I am composed right now. Even through the midst of this god-awful fragrance. You will come out a better human being, and you will succeed and achieve all your dreams. Never quit, guys. I believe you. Don't do drugs, kids. I wonder if David Griffin let out a fart when he was hanging out with the Cleveland Cavaliers management and Dan Gilbert. And I, that is why that they did not extend his career. Is that what you think it was? Cleveland. I think that he farted hard and nasty. And they decided, you know what, Griff, we're done with this. I think he left him with a fart. Like, straight up, what's it called, crop dusting? Like, he's he's packing up his, his, his office. He's getting, he's boxing up everything on his desk. And he says, you know what, wait, one last thing. He sits there in the go-to chair. Maybe he went up to Dan Gilbert's office when, when Dan was out on a lunch break. The owner of the Cavs sat in the Thrones chair and ripped one. That's the biggest boss. Mm. I mean, that's a power play right there. And if you really want to go hard, you just drop a, you just dump it right there. On Have the, you on seen the, the movie Click with Adam Sandler? Huh? Yes. So you know when he uh, pauses. Yeah, and he like slaps him And he just slaps around. his body. I think it's David Hasselhoff too. Yes, And he is. farts in his mouth. Yeah. And then he, I guess, presses play. Everything's back to normal. And the Hoff is just like... Just no, I, I was swallowing fart. It tastes like shit. Well, I, uh, hopefully David did that. Like I, I would be, I would be in full support of him if he did. David Griffin, former GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who have not extended. So it wasn't that they fired him. It's just that his contract they was up, didn't and they decide not to extend him. And uh, LeBron took to Twitter. Let me pull up the. Uh, let me pull up the. Yeah, tweet pull up here. the tweet because it was interesting initially. Boom! Right away, news comes out. Griffin Cavaliers. They have mutually parted ways. Which I guess shouldn't be a surprise when you read into it because Dan Gilbert hasn't ever extended a GM in the last 12 years there in Cleveland. But everyone's just attacking LeBron now and saying, oh, I guess LeBron didn't like David Griffin because LeBron makes all the decisions there, right? But then he puts out this tweet. Yeah, so and here's the tweet right here. It says, uh, if no one appreciated you, Griff, I did. And hopefully all the people of Cleveland. Thanks for what you did for the team for three years. We got us one. Referring to the one championship that they won and so and that was my initial reaction when I saw David Griffin gets let go I'm thinking okay that means LeBron obviously went upstairs knocked on the door and said hey this isn't my guy so that was my early assumption and then comes out LeBron tweets about this and turns out that it was Dan Gilbert and David Griffin who had um a difference of opinion on where the direction of the franchise and what they should go because if you remember this is just the other night when this goes down and all reports are going down that David Griffin and the Cavaliers are trying to make a move to go get Jimmy Butler of the of the Chicago Bulls, trying to make a play for him. And I think something happened in there where Dave, or Dan Gilbert, owner of the Cavs, said, no way, no how, we aren't doing this. Probably rubbed LeBron the wrong way. And, and Mike, I'm just trying to figure out, if you're Dan Gilbert, why are you doing anything that LeBron doesn't want you to do like why would you if LeBron says go right you go right you don't go left and it seems like the way things are coming out right now LeBron told Gilbert to go right and Gilbert said bleep you I'm going left and now I don't know what that means I don't know either I feel like Dan Gilbert one is just a difficult human being to work with the dude sounds like a and, and he showed it the letter that he wrote when LeBron left was freaking nasty and he threw some low blows in there and I would assume a lot of the issues between we're not seeing eye to eye on things was because 
Dan Gilbert's a pain in the ass, and David Griffin is doing the best that he can, but that's such a lose-lose job, right? We talked about it with Tyron Lue coming out and saying it's the toughest head coaching job because if you win, you're not going to get the credit, but if you lose, you're going to be the scapegoat, and that's the perfect example here with Griffin. But like you said with LeBron, it all comes down to LeBron at the end of the day, and it's hard not to believe that LeBron James wasn't consulted in this in some manner, even though he put that tweet out and it did seem very heartfelt and genuine. But my initial reaction for this was, why don't you come out and just make LeBron James your general manager? They just had the 30 for 30 series Lakers versus Celtics come out. It was a three-part series on ESPN. And series one was actually very educational and informative for me because I've heard about those old school Celtics and Lakers teams, but I didn't really get to watch and live through that storyline. Bill Russell, towards the end of his era with the Celtics, was not only the most dominant player on planet Earth and the best player for the dynasty in the NBA at that time, he was also named the head coach. So he's doing the post-game interviews in his jersey after he's just dropped 40, and he's talking about how the team played really hard for me tonight, and it's just weird. Yeah, what a badass, It's just Bill. crazy, but exactly. So why don't you make history here? LeBron James already has all the power. And if you want to give him more reason to stay in Cleveland, because now you've got everything swirling around that he might dip and deuce to L.A. or wherever after next year, after the season's done, why don't you say, LeBron, you're the GM. This is your team. That would make sense. You're the sense. guy. Who else is going to offer that to him? No, don't get me wrong. That would make sense, but it goes against what we're seeing where LeBron didn't want to get rid of Griffin. LeBron wanted to keep Griffin. Dan, Dan Gilbert is going away from LeBron's wishes and Howard Beck, senior writer for Bleacher Report, came out and tweeted this yesterday. He said, LeBron is, quote, disappointed at Griffin's departure, as well as the timing, and, quote, concerned about what this what this portends? Portains? I guess. For Cavs going forward. So, like, is weird. Le LeBron's concern, the timing is weird because they're in the midst of pulling off, a, or, or at least trying to pull off, a huge deal to get Jimmy Butler over there. And Dan Gilbert steps down and says, no, I don't want this to happen. The other thing I heard is that David Griffin was not open in any way to be um, to part ways with Kyrie Irving, I guess, via trade or what have you. But Dan Gilbert is kind of, it looks like Dan Gilbert's saying, look, I know LeBron is not going to be here. LeBron's got one more year in Cleveland, and it seems like Gilbert already knows that LeBron's not coming back. Do you think so? Because to me, I think that Dan Gilbert honestly believes in his heart of hearts. LeBron's going to retire a Cleveland Cavalier. No way, man. You don't it, think if so? If he was doing that, then he would be, I feel like he'd be doing what LeBron wants him to do. Because he knows, listen, this is our partnership. We're going to be together. But I think he's sitting there now going, LeBron's got one more year and he's going to get up out of here. I don't want to mortgage the next three to five years of my franchise for this one season, where which I disagree. If I'm Dan Gilbert and I'm sitting here thinking, wow, LeBron's only got one more year for me here in Cleveland, I'm going balls to the wall to get whatever I can to make this one year the best year ever for them and hopes to maybe convince LeBron to stay. Because once LeBron leaves Cleveland, Cleveland goes back to the gutter and the sewage of the NBA and they're, they're going to be constantly a top five lottery team. So why yeah. not go all in for the one last year of LeBron? I agree. And I don't think they're getting Jimmy Butler because I think Jimmy Butler, the reports are now coming out that he wants to stay in Chicago and he's reluctant to sign a long-term deal with Cleveland. Maybe that's something that threw a wrench into the discussions with Griffin in that trade. I think you can get Paul George as a rental, though, for this year because the Lakers are not going to give up anything. They know he's coming to them next offseason. Yes. And they're kind of just 
opening up space well, right now. Yeah, but I don't know because the, the Lakers just did their deal. They traded D'Angelo Russell and Timothy Mozgov. They got rid of that crappy Mozgov contract, sent him <laughs> over to the Nets. The Lakers, in return, get Brooke Lopez, who's got only one more year on his deal, so he becomes a salary dump after this season. And, uh, and I think they got the 27th pick in the first round of this year's draft. So it looks like the Lakers have set themselves up in a way to, yes, get Paul George next year and also have enough money to maybe, say, get a LeBron James, and they go team up in L.A. I mean, we've heard about that. They're, and and since, they, since they traded D'Angelo Russell, it seems obvious they are going to take Lonzo Ball at number two as well. So that's kind of the direction the Lakers seem to be going. But I also read since they picked up that 27th pick in the first round this year that they're willing or they're trying to package some stuff to go trade for Paul George right now. Because if I'm the Lakers, I don't want to wait. I don't want I don't want to risk Paul George going to somewhere. Maybe it's Cleveland or wherever it is. And then maybe he decides against going to L.A. next year. I'm trying to get him if I can now if I'm the Lakers. And then LeBron will come fit be that last puzzle piece next summer and we'll be riding off into the sunset to the Western Conference Finals. It makes sense and Paul George has pretty much come out and said Indiana, for whatever reason, you don't realize it, but I'm not staying. Trade me now. Get something in return while you can. I'm still just mind blown though by the whole, I don't know what Cleveland's doing and I think the best thing to do is reach out to the person who is the biggest Cleveland supporter we know, mainly because LeBron James is on the team and I'm also interested to find out if LeBron does both Jump the ship, head to the Lakers. Is he still going to be the biggest LeBron homer that we know and love? So Kennedy Miller jumping on again with us. Nosebleed, nosebleed Seeds Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab Kennedy. How are you doing now that we're a full week removed from the NBA Finals? Doing all right, guys. Every day, uh, I, you know, it, it heals a little bit, especially with all this speculation. Um, and free agency in the draft has got me excited for Thursday. Oh, it's pretty awesome right now. I mean, it's just a cornucopious amount of information and just craziness going on. So we were just talking about the whole situation going down in Cleveland with the firing of uh, David Griffin, their general manager. We barely even, we didn't even scratch the surface on the whole Chauncey Billups possibility and him being interviewed now as the GM. When you first heard the news that Griffin and the Cavs had mutually agreed to part ways, he wasn't getting retained, what went through your mind? Well, I, I, I would say I was kind of surprised, especially seeing the LeBron tweets about how he was disappointed about the firing. But, um, you know, going back and reading some things about, you know, how David Griffin wanted about 6 to $7 million a year, how, you know, he, he's adamantly stated that this is probably the toughest job to be a general manager for, for the Cleveland Cavaliers because, when he does something right, all the credit goes to LeBron, and when it goes wrong, it goes back to him. And so he's a very passionate guy. He's a very fiery guy, and so he stands up for what he believes in. And so it was like a mutual parting ways there that Cleveland, you know, wasn't going to pay him that money. And you get the sense that LeBron isn't going to go to management and say that, hey, this guy needs 6 to $7 million. He's not, he's not going to do that. So I think it was a mutual split. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, this might be the signaling that LeBron leaves if he's that disappointed from the tweet if, that he leaves in 2018. I find it hard to believe with how important LeBron is that Daniel, and, and this is something maybe Eric and I, I think disagree on this a little bit. Your take, do you really think that LeBron was not consulted at all about this move? 
I think that it might have, you know, it might have been words swirling around the locker room or things like that. But I don't, I don't think he was directly con- consulted like that. No, I don't. Well, so so what's next for him then? Are they going to go for Chauncey Billups? I mean, the only name I've seen floated around to take over that GM job is Chauncey Billups. I think Chauncey Billups would be an interesting hire. I don't know what he brings to the table. I don't know what he plans on bringing. I know his, you know, from his playing days, he's Mr. Big Shot. So hopefully he tries to, if he gets hired, land the Big Shot free agent or trade for the Big Shot free agent, which is Paul George. And so, you know, I I saw that they said that he tried to make himself available around Cleveland's front office during the NBA Finals. I also had seen earlier couple of months ago that he had, you know, tried to interview for the Hawks uh, GM position, which was the first thing I heard about Chauncey Billups trying to become a free agent. But they've always said that after he retired, he wanted to go in an NBA front office and work. So I think he's a bright guy. I think he's a very intelligent guy. Um, he's great on ESPN. And so I think he would be uh, – I would be interested to see rather how good of a hire he would be. Kennedy Miller with us here on Nosebleed Seats. Kennedy, uh, Chauncey Billups, I, I heard him talk throughout the throughout the year on ESPN. I heard him say multiple times that if he was running the Cavaliers, he would trade Kevin Love straight up for Carmelo Anthony. Would you sign off on that? Um, that would be a last resort. Only if I couldn't get Paul George or Jimmy Butler would I pull the trigger on Carmelo Anthony. And I would have to really look at it long and hard because – Clearly, long and long and hard. Good one. Mm. You got me. That's what she said. Clearly, um, Kevin Love is not the dynamic scorer that Carmelo Anthony is. You know, Carmelo is a guy that can light it up almost on any given night, especially if you put him on Cleveland being a third wheel. However, Carmelo Anthony doesn't do the, some of the things that Kevin Love does that the Cavs need: rebounding, uh, those outlet passes that Kevin Love has that, you know, he's like Cleveland's best quarterback at this point. And, you know, the little thing, Kevin Love, you know, he – Carmelo Anthony might end up getting hurt the beginning of the year. Knee problems, uh, wrist problems, back problems. Kevin Love has those same things too, but he's a little younger. He, he's, he's 28, 29 years old, and Carmelo Anthony's 32, 33. And so – I think the weakness for Cleveland wasn't scoring against Golden State. It was defense. And you need somebody who's going to be an interchangeable position, whereas Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson can't play on the same floor together. And I'm not sure adding Carmelo Anthony would make up for the Cavaliers' defensive issues at all. Does Paul George do that? So let's say, I don't even know. I think Kevin Love's the only trade piece that Cleveland's got, and then that's what they've got to do. So it's got to be Love for George, and really you're probably just renting him for the year and if I'm a Cleveland fan, I personally have no upset feelings about that at all. Do you do that trade straight up? Do you think that Paul George will end up in Cleveland at some point this year? Or do you think uh, he ends up just going straight to the Lakers and bypasses? And then with the Jimmy Butler front, we've been talking and hearing things now. He's he's not sure he wants to sign long-term in Cleveland. He kind of wants to just stay in Chicago. Which of those do you think is more likely to happen, if any, and which one do you think really makes Cleveland better between those two players? Well, I like both guys. I think it's like asking which one do you want, ice cream or cake. And I think Paul George would be the better fit in Cleveland because he can slide down to the four position. Jimmy Butler can play the two or the three, and he's a you know he's a great player. He's an all-star player. However, you have 
two guys already in J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert who, who aren't nearly as good as Jimmy Butler, but they're getting paid a lot of money. And so then you would have three guys that basically play the same position um, and all could be starters in this league taking away minutes from each other. And so I think Paul George, you get somebody like that who plays the three and, and can slide down to the four. Or you can put him at the three and have LeBron slide down to the four, and now you're uh, a little more versatile on defense. You can switch more screen, more screens, and you can defend better. And some nights LeBron James doesn't have to defend the best player. Paul George can defend Kevin Durant on some possessions, and you'll be like, okay, I'm okay with that. Whether, uh, whereas if Kevin Love switches on Kevin Durant, then it's like, oh, please, God, don't, don't make him fall or don't dunk on him or, or any of that. So – I like Paul George uh, better with the Cavs. And also, I would like to point out that, you know, it's a one-year – it looks like a one-year rental. How many players have, has LeBron got? He's, you know, he's made – I guess you, he doesn't call them super teams. But they've been great teams. How many players has he got that have left on their own when he was on the squad? Not many. None. None, None. yeah. Every player that he brings in, they end up wanting to stay long-term. And so, you know, you heard about the Lakers trying to, you know, clear up cast base so they could bring both of them. Now, that could happen. But I don't think they would – Paul George would willingly leave on his own uh, after one year playing in Cleveland with LeBron because, that, I mean, that's the chance to make history. Like, L.A. is home. That's where he's from. But you're going to be a part of a rivalry where you two – the two teams will pretty much be in the finals for the next two or three years barring any catastrophic thing happening in Boston or San Antonio or any of that, those two teams will be in the finals the next two or three years. And so Paul George can make history. And if, you know, if they don't win, if it goes sour in Cleveland, both of them can go to L.A. Is that the leverage then that Paul George has on his side? Because they've he's come out and said, I'm, I want to go to L.A. So now if you're the Lakers – why do you want to give up anything to go and get him if he's going to end up in L.A.? But now you're talking about maybe Cleveland ha- finds a way, as to Eric's point earlier in the show, if he somehow ends up in Cleveland, then you have that risk that you've just talked about, and you're completely right. Maybe LeBron says, I'd rather stay in Cleveland. Why don't you just sign here and stay with me, and we can go and make a chase for history like you just talked about. And, you know, if I'm the Pacers, I don't even know what's taking so long because – Reports earlier said that the Lakers were trying to send the number 27 and number 28 pick and either Julius Randle or Jordan Clarkson to, for Indiana for Paul George. That's that's not enough. But, I mean, you can't bring that to the owner and say, hey, this is what we got for Paul George. That's not enough. However, Kevin Love is somebody that you can trade and you can say, well, we got Kevin Love. He's an all-star He'll average 23-12. and 12. He can sell to the fans. They already have Miles Turner. You put yourself together a nice front court that will get you in the playoffs, you know, as a seventh or eighth seed, you know, barring, you know, anything that happens. And so that's what they got this year. So I don't know, like, why that trade hasn't gone through. I don't know what, what else that they're waiting on because you're not going to get a better deal. Because, like you said, everybody's afraid he's going to go to the Lakers and only be a one-year rental. And so they're not going to give up the future for Paul George to stay one year. However, Cleveland is offering an all-star, a 20-10 and 10 guy in his, in his sleep for Paul George. I don't know why they haven't taken it. 
Well, Kennedy, what do you think? I mean, how likely is it that LeBron remains in Cleveland after this year? Because it seems like they're Dan Gilbert's almost thrown in the towel. Like, I know we only got LeBron one more year, and I don't want to mortgage the rest, you know, three to five years from now, all these picks and players and assets for LeBron or for Paul George when I know I'm only going to have him for a year. It seems like LeBron has got one foot out the door already. Do you agree, or do you think there's still a decent chance that he does remain in Cleveland? I think if I had to bet on it, he would stay in Cleveland. I think it's like a 80 to 75 to 80% chance that he stays in Cleveland. Hmm. I always think that LeBron James keeps his options open, though, and that's always telling by the contract that he takes. Well, then, well, Kennedy, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but then why did he sign a contract for two? Like, why didn't he have an opt-out for this year? Because I think if he did, he would have probably taken it. Well, because, I mean, you lost in five, but you have a feeling that the rivalry isn't over. Like, you have a feeling that it's, it's still one more series to close things out. And I'm not sure why he why he didn't put an opt-out this year instead of in 2018. I just – I think that he always keeps those options open, and he always said that just to put pressure on ownership that we're not getting stagnant with the team or – uh, with players, we're always trying to get better. And so if you're not going to do that, then I'll always leave. And the promise, you know, coming back to Cleveland was to win a championship, not stay there his whole career. He's already won the championship. Exactly. And that's kind of my thinking on he's already done what he promised he would do, and now he's kind of – that's given him all the freedom in the world to up and leave again. And you've he's shown time and time again he'll leave his best friend, he'll leave his hometown, he'll leave a beautiful city of Miami, he'll leave whoever he's got to leave to go – to a place that he feels like he can win. So I just feel like he's got one more year in Cleveland and that's it. But um, I got one more question for you. I'm curious to know uh, if you saw LeBron's haircut. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you have a fat head of it in your room. He shaved his head. He went the full MJ. Do you like it? Now, I didn't I didn't necessarily like the video that showed his haircut when he was, like, rapping in the workout room. It looked really weird. It looked like he was really too old to be – to be doing all that, you know, dancing and, and mouthing the words of that song, but I, I thought mean, I that think, would chub you up harder than anything, really. I think it. I think it's, you know, it's starting to get to people. Like it's starting to say, well, that that kind of LeBron is kind of rocking it now, especially with the beard. Now these balls. Yeah, looks good. I think it looks good. It looks fresh. Yeah, it's starting. It's the new chapter. You know. Especially if this is last year in Cleveland. Oh. remember, like, LeBron in L.A. as being, like, bald LeBron. Yeah, the final chapter. I like it. It's the final countdown. Kennedy Miller here. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer of No Sweet Seats Podcast. Kennedy, I think you and I have talked about this before. Um, if LeBron leaves, let's say he does leave after this year and he goes to L.A. and the Lakers are putting themselves in a nice position to make a run, you're going to... Stick with LeBron over uh, to Lake Town, or are you saying, you know what, I'm kind of sick of having to shift allegiances every four years or so? Yeah, I think uh, I think this is my last stop as a LeBron fan. I think that, um, you know, I'm just going to watch basketball, make realistic, you know, predictions, and do things like that. However, I will say, it's a fun fact, as a kid, my favorite team growing up was the Lakers for a little bit. Maybe it's Probably meant to be. It's going to come full circle. Everything happens for a reason. Probably till about 2004 when the dynasty finally ended, losing to Detroit. I was a big Shaq fan. I liked the 
purple and gold. And now Billups might be the new GM in Cleveland. I'm down. No, there's a lot of pieces here that are ringing bells. Uh, and then I used to hate Detroit, but after, like, they retired and I realized those guys were great. I mean, I wish there was a team like that now that, you know, one through five like to really like to, to dig in you and, and fight and play rough defense. That's how they played. And, you know, it would – People always talk about their matchup with the Warriors now. I think it would be a great series. And I think the Pistons could beat them. Really? You think they could score enough? Those 2004 Pistons, I don't know how much. Like they say, I don't. you know, it depends on the rules that they played. If they played in those rules, I don't know if the Warriors could score that much. Because, I mean, you got Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Tayshaun Prince, Richard Hamilton, Chauncey Billups. Gosh. All of their arms are long. They used to piss ben me Wallace, off, man. Pissed me I right off. loved I loved Rip Hamilton as though. a Heat fan though. I mean, we had I mean, we had some battles in the Eastern Conference Finals for probably two or three years uh when we had Shaq and Wade and man, they they gave us fits and they they made me cry, honestly. Whenever I was in 4th grade, they beat us in game I'm pretty sure it was game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. I was rooting, I was rooting with the Heat too. Yeah. I mean, I was crying. And I was in my D-Wade jersey on the couch facing the pillow just crying. Like, couldn't we do it? Face down, ass up, baby. And you know, it's it's uh, a lot of people don't know that Richard Hamilton. You know, he was one of the smaller ones out of that Detroit Pistons starting five. He let his nails grow really long, and so when he would swipe at the ball, he would just scratch at your arm and dig in. And they say like LeBron still probably has scars on his arms from Richard Hamilton. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's disgusting. Rip. They called him Rip for a reason. Kennedy. They, they called him Rip for a reason. <laughs> Before we let you get out of here, I do want to ask some questions about some other names. Uh, Dwight Howard's now been moved from the Hawks to the Hornets. Who cares? Where the heck is Dwight Howard in his career? Is this guy finally thrown in the towel? Is he, he's, he's, he's just a dumpster fire these days now. Bomb. Yes. I think it's a tail end of Dwight Howard's career. Um, it was mainly predicated on athleticism, which has dwindled down from back and and knee issues, and so now he's just another low-post guy who's basically a dinosaur in this league where, you know, most of the great big men can shoot threes and space the floor now. DeAndre Jordan also uh, apparently being shopped by the L.A. Clippers. Do you think DeAndre Jordan moves? I think that's actually hilarious. He's a Mavericks fan after the Mavericks pretty much had him in Dallas in a Mavs uniform, and then he got snaked away, so I forever hate you, DeAndre Jordan. And the New York Knickerbockers just get stupid by the minute they're looking into possibly trading Kristaps Porzingis. Are you freaking kidding me? Any truth to these? Well, they said later on today that the, they had stopped taking offers for Porzingis. Their phones were blowing up. And, you know, it's a reason that they, they should because Porzingis is he's 7'3". He can shoot the three, and he can block shots. The guy is amazing and you know, I only think they would take a mega deal. And I, I only think the only team that can give them that mega deal is Boston. And so, you know, any other deal, if it's not talking about three or four first-round picks, I don't think the Knicks should take it. I think, you know, if they if they end up shipping Porzingis for, and it doesn't work out, Phil Jackson might get, you know, he might get some death threats. How high is Phil Jackson right now, do you think? Uh, he's a... He might be a little lifted off that zen. Ooh, that, pe- that peyote. Um, he loves that peyote. Good old Phil. I'm also interested in this DeAndre Jordan, um, you know, trade rumor going to the Suns because the Suns have a lot of assets that they can give up. They have a lot of guards. 
and, you know, they're rumored to want Lonzo Ball to be trying to trade up to number two to add more guards for some reason. Because when I think of Phoenix, I think about, you know, at one point they had Isaiah Thomas, Gordon Drogic, Brandon Knight, and Eric Bledsoe. And now they have Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Knight, Tyler Eulis. It's like, when do Booker. they... Booker. De- Devin Booker. And Devin Booker is the only one that you could say, well, I'd keep him on my team. Everybody else is like, trade, trade expensive one. So, like... Uh, I, I would wonder what Phoenix is offering the Clippers to to get DeAndre Jordan. When it's all said and done, what do you think happens in Cleveland? How, how's that roster looking? Paul George will be in the Cleveland. Paul George or Jimmy Butler. If I if I wanted pick one, to, pick one. I want decisiveness here. Uh, this matters. Paul George. Boom for Caleb. Straight up. Caleb, straight up. Caleb in a bag of chips. He's in a he's in a Cleveland uniform, and they beat Golden State. Well, thank oh you very my much. God, thank Kennedy. you, thank you for that. Well, hey, he's got to. So he's got to get that last little jab in there. I respect it. But hey, I love it. He's he's a man of his words. He sticks to his convictions. He falls on the sword. And you know me, I'm all for the guys that'll fall on the sword. Kennedy, we love you. Thank you very much for coming on with us. It's always a joy. I'm sure we'll have you on soon because some of this news will break. It will be official, and we'll want to get your uh, perspective and opinion on it. So thank you very much for joining us on Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Thank you. Kisses. Kisses. Love you. Love you, too. Man, Kennedy bringing it bold here, thinking it's going to be Paul. I'm telling you, Paul George ain't going to Cleveland right now. For me, it's it's got to be. I don't think Jimmy Butler does it for them. I think they've got to they, – and there's nothing that they can do. They've got to give up Kevin Love because Chicago's not just going to give you Jimmy Butler. What else do you have to give up? But I think they need Jimmy Butler and to retain Kevin Love to have a shot to beat Golden State. To beat Golden State, yeah, you'd have to think so. They'd need a George and Love or Butler and keep Love, but it's going to be too tough to do. I do think they're a better team losing Love and getting Butler or getting George. I agree. But I, I don't know, and I don't know who's better. It's an interesting thing between Butler and George. Who do you want more? I mean, they're similar style players, I feel like. Butler's younger, and I think he's got at least two years on his deal. So if you trade for him, you can at least know that you're going to have him for more than one year, unlike Paul George. Paul George is a little bit older. I don't know. I mean, they're both really good players. They're good wing defenders, and, and they can score the ball. So it would be it would behoove them to have one of those guys on their team even though I heard someone, and I'm just not smart enough in basketball to really know, but, like, I think it would be great to have one of those guys, but then I heard some smart people talking about how it's a little bit redundant putting a LeBron James with a Jimmy Butler or LeBron James with a Paul George. Similar in the fact of, like, when it was LeBron and Dwayne Wade, where they're similar style players trying to get to the rim. They they don't necessarily shoot the lights out. Paul George shoots better than LeBron and Butler does, but, I mean— you know, they're not great shooters kind of a thing. So I don't know if, if, if that matters or not. But I would do – if I'm Cleveland, I would do whatever it takes. But I, I just – the thing that I disagree with Kennedy on is I think Dan Gilbert is not trying to mortgage two, three, four, five, six years down the line. He's already so far in the tax. I mean, he's, he's paying out the wazoo for an okay roster. I mean, you take LeBron off this roster and it's just an okay roster. They're overpaying for Tristan Thompson, overpaying for J.R. Smith. And you got Kyrie. That's it. Yeah, and you're and, leaving Kyrie with a bunch of role players that uh, you're probably going to make the playoffs. Maybe you get to the second round. You're not moving past that. But I've also heard that Kyrie, as soon as LeBron up and leaves there, Kyrie's demanding trade immediately. 
I wouldn't be surprised. Why would you want to play in Cleveland? Of Dan course. Gilbert seems like a schmuck to play for. Yes, and no one wants to be in Cleveland, especially on a crappy team. You're willing to go to Cleveland if LeBron's there and you got a good shot to go win a title. LeBron leaves, now there is zero interest in being in Cleveland. And, and if you're a great player like Kyrie Irving, yeah. you're demanding a trade. You want to go win. You want to go somewhere. And I don't know the whole, you know, David Griffin deal and the general manager. I can understand you don't want to pay him six to seven million because what good is your general manager doing? It's all about LeBron. If LeBron's in your team, you got a chance. LeBron's going to kind of finagle and tell you who he wants. As soon as he's gone, good freaking luck. You're not going to contend. That's fine. But if you want to keep LeBron, you do what he asks. But it doesn't seem like they, not that they don't want to keep LeBron. It just, it just comes across as they know LeBron's gone and we're just going to use this one last year. We'll probably still make the finals because we do have LeBron James, and then he's going to leave, and we'll see what happens from there. But they don't want to trade Kevin Love only to let Paul George walk out the door scot-free next year with LeBron, and they go team is up in L.A. Is it not worth it if you get a ring this year, though? No. See, for me, it's it worth is. It. I'm saying you go all it's worth in it. because, yes. I think you, it's worth it for Dan Gilbert, too. I, I agree 100% because this is your last year potentially ever as a franchise to be good again. And if you are, if you are some able way to to win the finals next year by some grace of God, maybe LeBron and Paul George say, you know what, we will stay here. We will re-up for another two or three years or whatever it is. You gotta so take the chance. You gotta take the You've chance. You gotta do man. it. They already goofed this. They're once. trying to. They are trying to do it. Cleveland is trying. No, they're not. They yeah, they are. They've offered Kevin Love for Paul George. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know if they have. They are trying. Yes, they have. They've done so. Well, they were trying They've to been get in Jimmy talks. Butler. They're trying to get Jimmy Butler, too. They were in talks with both And then of them. they fired their GM. Well, about they're about to hire Chauncey. And I don't know what Chauncey Billups He's is going to do in the Kevin room. He's going to trade Kevin Love for Carmelo Anthony. No. Garbage. No. Gosh. I, I just don't know. I, I, that wouldn't be, make them any better. Carmelo is not a, a viable I, option I, anymore to me. I 100% agree with you. But, I mean, they got to do something, man. Because they can't go into this season with the exact same roster no, they, they just No, they do need to do something. But let's not act like it. The series was a 30-second collapse and just Kevin Durant freak show away from being tied at two. It's not like this series was – I know it ended in five, but it was a lot closer than that. That's fine, but they're they're not getting any older. That team over there, they're not Golden getting State, any younger or yeah. younger. No, exactly. I get what you mean. And that bench of Cleveland's that I don't no, see how it the, can get the much better. To get better, but how? They I don't know. These guys under contract, they got no money. The only asset they have is, is Kevin, Kevin Love. Love. And you, I think you need to get and Paul George. And you don't George. want to get rid of Kevin Love, ideally, if you want to actually <laughs> exactly. Compete I get I get that for the championship. So you're stuck. You're stuck. There's nothing you can do, and, and until the next year comes around and the trade deadline happens. And you get those veterans that are optioned off, and they can pluck up the Darren Williams and Andrew Bogut's of the world again. And maybe, hopefully, you get a guy that actually makes a damn difference and, for you. And then you go lose in six. Great. Maybe. Um, but the Lakers, the Lakers are setting themselves up. And we mentioned the trade they made, getting rid of Mozgov's crappy contract, getting rid of D'Angelo Russell, taking over the 27th pick of this year's, of, of this year's draft. It seems like the door is opening. They're going to take ball at two. Paul George, maybe they end up making the trade this offseason to go get Paul George and just secure themselves. So all they know they need to go do is go get LeBron in free agency next year. Or they sit tight. Paul George ends up going to Cleveland next offseason. I mean, L.A. next offseason. And LeBron follows suit. And you get a Paul George, LeBron James, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson core of of the Lakers. That's I mean, nice. that is nice. And you're in a city of LA that players that's attractive for players. Oh no, they kidding. will want to go. So I think that's I mean, what's going to happen. The LeBron, his wife saying she wants to go and live in LA. 
is the thing that think, makes me think, okay, he probably is going to end up in L.A. For Dan Gilbert, it's it's now or never, baby. You got to go and make this happen. And, like, look, you and I are both, it's who the hell knows if you can even beat Golden State with Paul George, but you've got to try. I think Paul George is the answer. I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to do anything for you. I think you've got to get Paul George because of his versatility, his size, and his length. That's your best option. And I, as much as I like Kevin Love, and I think you and I both have been defenders of Love at sometimes, the dude has not worked out on the big stage for you. It's time to move on. If you're Indiana, like Kennedy was saying, and you're Larry Bird, why the hell not? Kevin Love's still a great, an all-star player for you to have. Exactly. At least you're getting something in return. For losing your best player. You're going to go 20 and 10. You might be the eighth seed in the East. And hey, at least you got a decent player. At least you're not just giving away Paul George for nothing. So that that would be a smart move on their part. But I think I think the Lakers right now, after making that deal, gathering some picks, they're going to try to do what they can to finagle a trade for Paul George right now. And if they can't do it, they probably still feel incredibly confident that he's going to walk exactly. in there next offseason. And that's why, for me, other Unless than— Unless he gets traded. If he does end with, up in Cleveland, then yeah. if I'm the Lakers, that's then the I'm worried. Thing. That's the only thing then that's I worrying me. Worried. Other than Cleveland, maybe. And, and even then, I think you definitely seem to think that regardless of if he goes to Cleveland, you, you've kind of been straddling the, the fence here a little bit, actually, now that, I? that I'm thinking. Yeah, because you've made the point of maybe they're worried about him going to Cleveland— the Lakers? Yes, but then you've also said, like, well, what if he stays in, in Cleveland? And that's why they're worried about it. But then you're also seeming like you're pretty confident LeBron's going to leave and go to L.A. And I'm if he does so, I don't think he's going unless Paul George is there. Well, I don't think, yeah, and I, I don't, the reason I think that's, why. He, it's got to be Paul George in L.A., why, and that's why LeBron goes. He's not going to go just because they drafted Lonzo Ball. No, I totally understand that. But my point is, even if, okay, so if Cleveland makes the trade for Paul George, if Cleveland doesn't end up winning the title, him and LeBron are both free agents, and they go together, and they, they walk over to L.A., and that's it. But and, Actually, okay. they don't walk. They so probably take a private jet. So if you're L.A., you're probably thinking that's what's going to happen. Or, or. So who cares? No, but not necessarily. Why, why do I need a trade for Paul George? Because the He's other, coming. Because the other thing to that is if, it's a big if, but if Cleveland makes the trade for Paul George and they go win the title, then Paul George and LeBron are thinking, well, maybe we can just stay here in Cleveland and turn this sucker into a into a little bit of a run in the Eastern Conference, which is easier. That's what and they like should Kennedy do. Miller said, when LeBron James gets a player, he doesn't end up loot. The guy doesn't walk away with Kyrie Irving, who is if Lonzo Ball can turn into what Kyrie is, congratulations, Kyrie Irving is a bona fide superstar. Lonzo Ball is a maybe superstar. We don't know. No, for sure. I just think that uh, I would say in Cleveland, and I'm not so sure. I think you are are more sold on LeBron for sure leaving than I am. Yeah, I don't know. That's what it stands for. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty. I think LeBron likes to have that out there, especially this time of year, because as Kennedy said, it keeps the pressure on Gilbert and Cleveland's office. Keeps the pressure on Gilbert. They got to do everything, baby. well, the he Gilbert... can't lose LeBron again, dude. He can't do it. Okay, well then, like wh- you said, they will suck forever. Well, then that means the, the reports of David Griffin and LeBron wanting to keep David Griffin, but I them don't... choosing not to keep See, him. Then you I'm think not... that's erroneous? I then. do. I think that LeBron James was consulted. There's no way in hell they didn't tell him about it. Okay, there's well, no LeBron way you don't go to tweeted... LeBron. I don't care what LeBron tweeted. Brian there's Windhorst, no way. There's is... no way LeBron James did not have any know-how. This isn't the UFC where they just strip people's belts and don't even tell them. I. I really believe in my heart of hearts that somebody in the front office of Cleveland, whether it was Dan Gilbert himself or somebody else that works there, did not contact LeBron before the news broke and said, hey, we're not going to bring back 
David Griffin. And honestly, there's I don't think it matters, dude. There's a who difference. cares who the GM is of that team? There's a difference in calling LeBron and telling him what you're going to do and calling LeBron and ask him what you think you should do. You don't think that he's really going to be that upset about losing Griff and then you bring in... He might have loved Griff, sure. But I think anybody could have done what David Griffin did for that team. It's all about well, the I presence of LeBron James and Chauncey Billups coming in, who, like Kennedy said, they might be friends. They might have a relationship. Billups has got that ring with the 4 Pistons that provides credibility. He can probably do just as good of a job, if not maybe better. I don't think that that impacts LeBron's decision whatsoever. I don't think that that has altered him any closer to getting one foot out, one foot out the door and I think you, it seems like you do feel that way. The, 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 this move has kind of sour graved LeBron a little. Well, it's not only this move, but I also just, I'm under the assumption that Cleveland is not going to be in a position to make their roster better between now and next summer to make LeBron feel like he should stay. So whether they got David Griffin or not, but this David Griffin move just shows that maybe they're not really, maybe they're just ready to say, okay, LeBron, we got one more year with you and that's it. And we know you're going to walk away. So I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm Dan Gilbert, and I'm going to do what I want to do, which is probably try to save as much money as I, I guess I can because I've just given away so much in the last yeah, I've four been paying years. The crazy amount of the luxury tax every single year since I brought you back. Exactly. I've been the highest payroll in the league. So, I mean, I can only draw the conclusions from what I'm seeing, and I just I see David Griffin leaving where LeBron comes out and says he didn't want him to leave, and then I see a Cleveland roster that seems like they just don't have they don't have really any way to get better and even if they do go get Paul George they're probably going to have to give up Kevin Love and some other things that is going to make it hard to at the end of the day compete for a championship against Golden State. I mean you're obviously going to win the East, no question, but it's about the titles. And if LeBron goes and gets loses in 4, 5 or 6 next year, even 7. And then he can look across over at L.A. and see, okay, I can get Paul George. I can have a young Brandon Ingram, who I, I personally really like Brandon, I like Ingram, Brandon Ingram. And I think by then he'll be going into year three. Lonzo Ball's got one rookie year under his belt. And Lonzo Ball, the one thing you can guarantee about him is he is a he's a good passer with a high basketball IQ, which is going to be easy. If you surround him with Paul George, Brandon Ingram, and LeBron James, Lonzo Ball is going to be racking up the assists left and right. So, yeah, that seems like an attractive place to go if I'm LeBron and if I'm Paul George. And that's just, right now, that's just the way I see things playing out. We'll see. It's definitely interesting. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what the, how the dust settles. I, I don't think that Cleveland can get that much better. I like George over Love. I think that's the deal to make. I don't think you're getting Jimmy Butler. I don't Him already being hesitant and saying, I don't know that I want to sign a long-term in Cleveland— I think is enough to say, okay, that move's probably not working out. I think if you're well, Indiana... Is Paul George saying that too? Paul George is saying, I'm going to L.A. Uh, I think that he's fine with going to Cleveland, though, for this year. He's not saying, I need to go to L.A. right now. you got to trade me right now. No, but and I'm like you said, term. Cleveland can... Well, who knows? But then it's out, if they go and when they win a championship, yeah, and I'm then Paul it, George, then that's what they've got to bank on. Yeah, but my you point is... You can't live in these what-ifs, ifs, and buts. you got to play for the now. The only way Cleveland can attempt to get better is you trade Kevin Love for Paul George... And for both teams, Indiana and Cleveland, it's the risk and the move that you need to make. At least you're getting something if you're the Pacers, and at least you're making an effort to improve if you're the Cavs. I think that's the only deal to make on the table. I, I don't see any other thing that you can do. Well, Am I'm, I wrong? Well, I'm just higher on Jimmy Butler than you are. I don't think the gap see, between for me, Butler I just don't and think, George is that big. No, I, and I just don't think they can get Jimmy Butler. I don't think Jimmy Butler's going to Cleveland. I don't think that's happening. 
I don't, I, I just don't well, see I mean, it. it well, I don't it, see it. It's just about a trade. It's not Jimmy Butler's choice. I don't think that that trade is is going to happen. I, oh, I don't well, think that fine. it's. It, to me, it seems like Jimmy Butler is not as willing to go to Cleveland as I think Paul George I've, is. I've heard Jimmy Butler talk about the one player in the NBA that he would love to play with goes by the name of Kyrie Irving. Really? So I think he wouldn't mind going to Cleveland, playing with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, and going definitely to the finals and maybe winning one. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if Jimmy Butler wants to. Because if, if they come up with a trade, oh, yeah. if, if then they so work it out, they work it out. I just don't think it's as likely as Paul George. Okay. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, the NBA offseason, holy it's crap, crazy. it's just amazing. And I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, knee-jerk reaction to things as well. For, for things yeah, and, and I think it seems like a lot a of it, yeah, there's of new stuff going, going on here, this guy's there's going a lot here. of panic yeah. that it seems like from Cleveland right now and I don't think they need to panic as much but the NBA draft is where the youth is going to come into play here and that's what we've got our boy Nick Nepic for it's draft week who can baby. really help us because I know you and I we're big NFL draft guys but we're not huge on following the NBA draft we love March Madness we like the tournament but I think that's really the only time we, we kind of lock in yeah. on college basketball no, I know nothing yeah, I don't either. I'm not going to pretend to. I know the, the the top guys, and because the Mavericks actually have had a top 10 pick, a lottery pick for the first time and forever, I've kept up a little bit more. But we need Nick to make sense of what the hell's going on, and I can't wait to get him on to talk about it here. We're working on it right now. Are we calling Nick as we speak? I think we're going to call Nick now. We're going to get him on, and we're going to figure this out because that probably has some ramifications too. You know, what happens with the draft on Thursday? Maybe there's some trades that go down on Thursday night when some teams are on the clock. Who knows what can happen here? But it's the Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Thank you for listening. Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo and producer Bab as we wait to get Nick Nepic from 105.3 The Fan CBS Radio in Dallas on The Fan, the doer of all things and our own draft expert. I wonder about his girlfriend. Oh, I gotta ask him about the farting situation. Oh, that is a really, really good question to ask. Yeah, him. I gotta. He's, I mean, last time we talked with him, didn't he just get a girlfriend? Right, relatively just, fresh. Yeah, relatively fresh. Unlike those farts. Fresh, fresh, fresh to death. So I think it's the. We talked a lot of Lonzo last time, and he's a big Fultz guy. I, I don't blame him for being a Fultz guy. I think I'm a Fultz guy. I don't Josh, even watch. There's several names though guy. that I'm. Really intrigued by, though. And the, Josh Jackson's the guy that we were talking about off air. We can ask him about I'm sure that he's got some players. Uh, he can give us a better idea. But now joining us finally is Nick Nepic jumping on to the Nosebleed Seats podcast. Here with Zach Wolchuk, Eric G. Follow producer Bab. Nick, how are you doing, brother? Oh, God. Nepic? Nepic? Can you hear me? Oh, we can hear you now. Huh, I guess there's a... Technology issue. Uh, it happens. It happens to the best of us. Thought you were standing us up, man. Nick, before we get like really hard and heavy here into this draft talk, I got to ask you about something that we were talking about at the top of the show. I know you've got uh, a girlfriend and all because, you know, the ladies, they've always loved you. You're just one of the sexiest faces we've ever seen. True. But have you uh, passed gas in front of her yet? Like, what's the sitch there? Are you guys that comfortable to where that's not a problem or are you still kind of holding in? Nick, can you hear us? He didn't like that question. No, that wasn't a good one. Bad question. This is called technical difficulties. It's weird because we tested this out beforehand, too. Yeah, yeah it worked just fine. This is great. Yeah. We're going to edit We're gonna edit this out. I'm excited that this is happening right now. M- mark this so we can edit this out. <laughs> this is good for the show. His line keeps fuzzing, and it's kind of... And now he hung oh, up. Now he hung up. 
I'm just happy for our listeners, really. He texted me and said, just call his cell. Okay. Then so we'll, you've got that cell number. Then we'll do that. I'm sure that he heard the question. I don't think that we could hear him. Son of but a But I think gun. it's valid because now I think he's like a month in with this girl. Yeah, and I, I'm just curious of what his general views is on this thing because I'm sure he's had plenty of girlfriends in the past. What is his, like, what is his strategy it's in, different. when it comes it's, to the flat? I need as much advice as I can get. We all do. We all do. Unless you're just a, a, a super confident farter slash pooper. I'm pretty confident in my, my gas. I think we got him. Okay, Nick, Nick are, you, are you there now? Do we have you loud and clear? Yeah, yeah, loud and clear. Sorry about the technology. Oh, don't worry about it. Our show sound like crap. It was your fault, but don't worry about it. It is what it is. We still love you. We can't believe that we're finally back in the sheets with you. Yeah, it feels good. I'll take all the blame. It's okay. So were you able to hear any of that before we dropped? I I heard something about Josh Jackson, but that's about it. Okay, well, here's what I I, want. No, we were talking about farting. Well, we will get into Josh Jackson (laughs) in a second and all things NBA draft, but I wanted to specifically ask you, because I know you've got uh, a, a... incredibly beautiful new girlfriend well not that new anymore but you guys have been dating now for what a month or so a couple months okay a couple months so even better you guys are are really comfortable with each other have you broken the seal and gone ahead and farted in front of her yet or are you still holding back on that i have not yet i've thought about it considered it but haven't taken that yeah because that's what we were talking about earlier i actually was in you know i was talking to lane you know lane lewis up up at the studio on sunday And he also has himself a new girlfriend, and he came in a little bit gassy and and really had to drop a deuce uh, while we were working the other day because he had to hold it in all night, the poor guy, because the girl spent the night. And I'm talking to her girl now, and and I brought it up with her. When the hell is it it the right time to where we're past this awkwardness of, okay, I can just, if I got to fart, I got to fart. If I got to go take a crap, I got to go take a crap, and I don't have to worry about what you think about it. Yeah, I think the you know if you've got to take a dump, that kind of, like you can go do that to like hey look like as long as they don't like smell it you know, but I think the fart is like another step. Like, yeah. Another step. So pooping um, okay before the farting. Yeah, I think because you can do that. I think that's a little more private. Like you're in the bathroom, like you can do your thing, mm-hmm. and then uh, go from there. Are you a courtesy flusher, Nick? Absolutely, always have. Always will be. He always seemed like the guy that's so courtesy. So is that like what's your usual kind of your your usual strategy going in? Like, have you ever been in a relationship where you became comfortable enough to let one rip, uh, or have you never even gotten to that point? I don't think so. No, I haven't. So it would be it'll be uncharted territory for me. I look forward to hearing it from you. Yeah, uh, you're gonna have to call us. It, breaking yeah. news: the the moment you you pass gas and please, 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 and if let you us can, know. if you can get audio of that too, that'd be great. Yeah, just have it recording. Let you guys know. Please send it over to us. MP3 file format. Well, so Got so it. has has this NBA draft season taken a toll on your relationship at all? Because I know you've just been balls deep in, in YouTube and and all sorts of game film, just locking yourself away. No, I mean she's pretty good about like just letting me like do my thing. She knows that it, I'm busy. Like she doesn't you know give two craps about sports. So um, she'll like she doesn't listen to anything that I like any podcasts or any interview or anything I do and. I'm not even sure she reads what I write because it doesn't make sense to her, but uh, she's fine with it. No no, uh, no negative effects thus far. So I know you've been a hot commodity lately, uh, jumping on other shows. You've done a podcast of yourself up there with the great Jeff Skin Wade. But when it comes down to it, like we're, we're still your number one, right? Yeah, the first, uh, I believe the first uh, outlet to have me on as an NBA draft guy. Okay, perfect. Money in the bank, baby. You can hang your hat on that. Oh, we we will. We hang our hats on as many things as possible, but that is definitely number one in our wardrobe. News breaks. 
So the Celtics are out of number one. They've moved down to number three with the Philadelphia 76s. What was your initial reaction? Uh, I was pretty surprised. I figured there would be movement uh, in the top you know, three or something like that. And I figured Philly would be involved, but I thought it would be them moving down, you know, somebody else moving up with Philly, if anything. I did not expect Boston to move out of that number one pick. And really, Philly didn't have to give up that much. It's like a, the Lakers pick next year, unless it's like only if it's two through five or something like that. And then if it's not, then they get Sacramento's pick. It, there's a couple, you know, things that can happen. But I feel like Philly didn't have to give up much. I mean, they give up the number three pick, they give up, you know, that future first. But if they, everything says that they will take Marcel Fultz and pair him with. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and some other pieces, that could be a really good team in the next few years. And I know we've said that about the 76ers for, what, you know, five years now. Yeah, you know, team tank all the way. Trust the process, Nick. Damn it. Uh, but I think they, you know, they made a good pick. And Danny Ainge, you know, people love him, but I'm not really sure what he's doing. You know, they've got something like eight first-round picks in two or three drafts. And there's something to having assets, you know, having picks. But if you don't ever use them, then – What's the point? I mean, unless, I mean, you know, they might try to get Gordon Hayward. They might try to go get, you know, Jimmy Butler, whoever you want to throw out there. But uh, if you don't take those players or use those picks, then it's almost like a waste. And Martel Fultz, to me, is a franchise-changing player that you can make your point guard. And I would assume, if it was me, I wouldn't pay Isaiah Thomas after, you know, next season. And he's going to demand some big-time money. So, I'm interested to see what the Celtics do if they flip those picks around and try to, you know, make something of them, or if uh, they, you know, take Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum. It'll be interesting to see what they do at three. That could shape the first round for sure, if nothing else but the lottery for sure. But what are you thinking at at three? Because now Danny Ainge has been quoted as, and he's come out and said, we think we can get the same player we probably would have taken at one at three, meaning they probably weren't as in defaults. Maybe that yeah. shows a lot of uh, more backing into Isaiah Thomas as they think for the future of their franchise. I don't know, but what are you thinking? They're Tatum or Jackson at three, or do you think that's between those two? So last season they took Jalen Brown at three, and he is a small forward just like Tatum and Jackson. He's more similar to Josh Jackson than he is to Jason Tatum. Uh, but what's interesting is last season Brown came in for two workouts before the draft. Um, and the name that's been connected to the Celtics at number three is Josh Jackson. However, he hasn't been in for any workouts, and Jason Tatum has been in for two uh, since the trade. So that makes me think that they're going to take Jason Tatum with the third pick. That's what I would do. I really like Jason Tatum. He's number two on my, my personal board that I have, and I think he would fit well there, give them some other scoring, you know, a real go-to scoring person besides Isaiah Thomas. Is there a little Duke bias there in those rankings, or are you impartial? Um, I would say there might be some, but I'm not the. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely one of the few people that's this high on Jason Tatum. But there's a couple other people that I've seen uh, much more respected than myself nationally. I'll say, as far as NBA draft goes, that have Jason Tatum pretty high. Um, but you know, some people have him lower. So it's just a matter of what you value, I think. And I really value go-to scoring, especially in today's NBA. So that's why I have Jason Tatum so high. Uh, I would not be surprised if the Celtics take him at number three. Nick Nepic, Nick Nepic, excuse me, joining us on Nosebleed Seats. Um, Nick, we've already seen one trade go down at the top of the draft. Do you anticipate more movement in this top, maybe top 10, 15 picks, or do you think most pe- most teams are going to be staying pat? Uh, I mean, I would say probably they're going to stay pat, but 
the way it's gone in the past two days, all the rumors and all the crazy stuff that's happening, I mean, I wouldn't put it past anybody to make a trade, but I would, if I had to guess, that everyone's going to stay pat where they are. You think there's any way the Mavericks get up to number two? Nah, absolutely not. Yeah, that was but, a ridiculous question. I mean, it's, I guess it's not impossible. Leave, Walter. You know, nothing's impossible, but it would cost a absurd amount of everything to get up to number two, so... I would say that will not happen. It does seem as though the team picking at that second spot, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, have have shown their cards with some of the the moves that they've made today with the trades. It appears Lonzo Ball uh, faults, as you've talked about, one to the Sixers, and now Ball two. It seems like those are locked in now. Agree? Disagree? What are you you thinking with the Lakers? And I have another question because they've acquired now picks 27 and 28 at the bottom half of the first round. And Eric and I are both big NFL draft fans, but we, we're not hard and heavy in the NBA like you are. And it seems like those two picks at the back half of the first round don't have nearly as much value as they would, let's say, in the NFL draft, maybe because of the depth in the draft, there's not as many good players. But is there any way maybe the Lakers could package those two picks to move back into the lottery, or is that just not, that it doesn't not work that way in terms of the evaluation and the worth of those selections? I wouldn't think they would do that. Um, and they could get some value at, at those late picks. It's 27, 28, right? That's, I, yes, 27 and 28. 27. I think um, it, oh, it might be 26 and 27. I, th- I think I remember 27, 28. That's what, I think that's what it is. And, you know, there can be value there. What, what's so important in the NBA is, I think, evaluating talent and evaluating guys, especially in the lower rounds that are going to fill a specific role or work really hard and be like a niche kind of guy. Um, you know, somebody that comes to mind in that range is uh, Shemi Ojale from SMU. Eric, I know you're a big fan. Yes, sir. Um, he, you know, is a late first round, early second round kind of guy. And if you find a guy like that that's going to be, a, you know, the right kind of guy to speak, uh, that's going to play some good defense, that's going to give you 110%, you can find a guy like that in the late, you know, late first round. So there's value there. Um, and if they use that second round or that, excuse me, that second pick as well, they could have a really good first, first round, but I think, um, getting back, you know, huge value late in the first is not extremely likely, but if you, uh, trust your player evaluation people and take your pick seriously, you can definitely find guys that will impact your team. Well, Nick, I'm looking at your big board right now. It looks like you have Dennis Smith Jr. One spot ahead of Frank Nilikina. Um, you have Smith Jr. as your eighth best player and Nilikina as your ninth best player, which is right in that ninth pick uh, area where the Mavs are going to be picking. So would you prefer Dennis Smith Jr. for the Mavs? I mean, well, it's or interesting, is there a better Eric, fit with... I'm looking at a mock draft now. It's got Dennis Smith locked into the Mavs at nine, which, Nick, I, I'm sure you can speak to as well, being a Dallas guy and knowing what the Mavericks are looking for. That's been a hot name for the Mavericks, and it's got Nil and Kina falling all the way to 14 to your heat, Eric. Boom. Well, that surprises me a bit that Nil and Kina fell all the way down to 14. Uh, I mean, I don't see, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just surprising just because, uh, you know, he's a guy that has been penned in the, you know, earlier in the lottery. Now, Dennis Smith Jr., I was really high on at first when I first started watching him. I love, I love his offensive game and I still really like it, but he's got some flaws. I mean, he's 6'3", he's got short arms as far as like the 
physical tools. He doesn't really have those like Neil Aquino does. He's six five and you know seven foot wingspan. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is just an elite scorer, and he's going to get get to the basket. And he's a you know an athletic freak as far as you know making finishing moves and being able to explode to the basket. And I, I think. Oh gosh, sorry guys, Zach, you'll you'll know this. John John, one of our work associates, is messing with me right now. So oh yes, John John. John John's a friend of the show. We found him on as well. I'm sure he's yeah. repping all of his TCU gear after their big oh, win. Yeah, he's got uh, I believe a hat, shirt, shorts, and socks. TCU. On. Oh, has he got TCU undies on, or he seems like the kind of guy that just goes free balling? I'll have to I'll I'll check and report back. But okay, on offense is his calling card. He's going to come. I think he'll come into the NBA. And he'll swing by pretty quickly. Um, as far as just being able to impact the game and the offensive end of the floor and, you know, score some points. But I'm not sure you guys have heard this. Attitude is a question mark. Is he going to give a, you know, big-time effort on defense? Things like that. So I like Dennis Smith Jr., but I've gotten lower on him just because, you know, the question marks and the size, durability maybe, attitude, uh, sort of one-dimensional Will his shot be consistent? Neil Aquina is the kind of guy that's going to be a project. He will need to develop. He's you know, got great physical tools. Uh, his defense could be great right away, but offensively he's pretty raw and is going to need some time. So we'll see which one pans out to be better. I think the way I would put it, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to make more of an immediate impact, but Neil Aquina could make a bigger impact long term, but we'll see. So who, uh, what are you thinking here in this top ten? How do you think it ends up shaking out, especially mainly for the Mavericks down at number nine? De'Aaron Fox, is he kind of just a pipe dream and just a best-case situation if somehow he was able to slide? I, th- I think at this point it seems like there's no way he slips down to nine. Yeah, I don't think he does. I think he's gone at five. Uh, pretty, I would be shocked if the Kings don't take him. I think Malik Monk, there's an outside chance he's there, but I'm not sure the Mavericks would take him. I think Dennis Smith Jr. is the the best, maybe safest bet, and then Neil Aquina, you know, the second option there. Uh, if the Knicks, it depends on who the Knicks take. They're the first team to watch, and also the uh, Magic. If they don't take Monk, I think he could fall all the way to nine, and then or at least to eight. And then it depends on who the Knicks take, which, you know, of course, dictates who's available for the Mavericks. What about uh, Justin Jackson? This is a player I know you're a Dookie, and he plays for the Heels. So you probably weren't liking Justin Jackson too much the three years that he's been playing uh, there for, for North Carolina and Roy Williams Club. But he was a guy to me that, that I just thought could score. He did a lot of things well. And your evaluations of these players, and he's kind of a mid-round guy just outside of the lottery. What do you think about Justin Jackson? Could he be a diamond in the rough in this draft? Yeah, I think he could. He's pretty versatile. It all just depends on if his, his jump shot is able to stick. You know, it improved this year. It was pretty bad last year, but it improved this year. And it's, it's a matter of, is that the real deal? Is that the real thing? But he's a versatile guy. He can do a lot of things. You know, wing players, pretty athletic wing players are at a premium in today's NBA. So he can fill a spot there. Uh, if he can shoot the three well enough and you know, play defense. He could be a three and D type guy, not super athletic, but good enough. I think he could definitely fill a role on the team. Probably going to go just outside the lottery somewhere, uh, depending on, you know, 
what teams need. But I, I like Justin Jackson. I think he could be a solid NBA player, but it really hinges on is that jump shot the real deal or not. All right, Nick. Well, when it's all said and done, who are the Mavericks taking at number nine? Give me the most realistic, sexy option out there. I think Dennis Smith Jr. will be the pick on Thursday night. What's your uh, What's your report card on him? I like him. I'd be happy with it. Uh, was he, is he my first choice? No, but with the options that I think will be there at nine, and he will be a good pick. I go back and forth on whether I'd rather have him or Neil Aquina, but I think at the end of the day, I would take Dennis Smith Jr. and hope that being around guys like Dirk and Harrison Barnes and in the Mavs culture will help him to you know ingrain himself in the culture and be that kind of player and uh, be a great offensive you know point guard for the Mavs for years to come and pair him with some younger guys and I think he'd be a great piece moving forward but I'd be happy with it he's not my first choice if you know Malik Monk is there that's who I'd prefer but I think Dennis Smith Jr. would be a fine pick. Nick Nevick joining us on the Nosebleed Seats, Seats podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab. Another player I want to ask you about, the Duke freshman, former Duke freshman, a guy you've gotten to know a little bit, being a Duke, as we've talked about, Harry Giles, a dude that came in, is the next big thing in terms of basketball, period, is the best recruit in the nation. A lot of people would say that he kind of underperformed last year. I've also heard some stuff that, there were some underlying factors at Duke that some people aren't aware of, but the dude has an unbelievable ceiling if he can get coached up. What do you think about Giles' future in the NBA, and where do you think he goes? I think it all depends on his health. I think he'll probably go you know, just after the lottery middle of the first round. It all depends on how healthy he is. You know, he's had some knee surgeries and had a lot of issues, and he never really looked 100% at Duke, but he showed flashes. But you know, when he came out of high school, he was the best player in the country because he was – could switch, you know, and guard just about anybody. And he was versatile offensively, could handle the ball pretty well for the five. And, um, you know, could jump out of the building and, you know, catch alley-oops and do a lot of different things. But it's just going to depend on how healthy he really is. And if he'll ever get back to what, you know, people thought Harry Giles was supposed to be. And I have a hard time believing that. I think he's had three knee surgeries, you know, two on one knee, one on the other, something like that. And it's hard to recover from that, you know, even mentally. If you think, you know, you're not what you used to be, and if you can't get over that, then it really it can impact you. So I think he could be fine. He could be a, a role player, but the health issues really worry me. Harry Giles, and I, like you said, I'm a Duke guy. So I want, you know, the best for him. I want him to succeed, but it's hard for me to believe that he will, especially hold up physically at the next level. So we got Fultz one, ball two. Uh, you think Tatum ends up going through, or you think that uh, Josh Jackson goes to the Celtics there at three? I'll take Tatum at three, Jackson at four. And then Fox at five? Fox at five, yeah. Okay, and uh, where where else can we reach you, Nick? I know you're all over the place here the next two days. It's going to be busy for you. Why don't you plug away on where uh, people can find some more information leading up to the draft? Yeah, just follow me on Twitter, at Nick Epic, uh, and I'll try to, I guess, be entertaining in the next couple days. Well, you are always entertaining, man. We love having you on, and uh, it's always a pleasure, dude. You're a wealth of knowledge. I actually got what Before we kiss you on the way out of here, Nick, I wanted to ask you. I mean, started. Yeah, I know. That's true. That's <laughs> no, but right. the music's fun. We like the music here. It gets us in the mood. I can kiss and talk at the same time. I'm, I'm a talented guy. Oh, you Nick. like to kiss and tell. Yes, I do. Well, go ahead. Nick, Friday morning you wake up. NBA draft's over. All the hard work you've put in. A lot of hours, grueling. What, what are you doing? You going on vacation? You taking a little leave of absence? Or are you diving right into the 2019 or, I guess, 2018 NBA draft? 
Man, I probably will just drink some coffee and, I don't know, play some FIFA or something like that. Oh, yeah, you're partying, baby. We are partying. I like what you're saying. Party at Nick's house. We are going to rage face Friday night, baby. Party Cannot at Netflix, wait. FIFA you shots. Said it, Nick. Let's you get said it going, baby. Uh, I guess I'll make sure to lock the door. Popping bottles, baby. Woo! Kisses, babe. We love you. Love you guys, too. Bye, See Nick. See you guys. There he goes, Nick Nepic, and all the wonders that he is on the Nosebleed Seats podcast with Zach Wolchuk, that's myself, Eric Chiafalo, the Italian Stallion, and producer Bab. Man, I've been been rough. I've had two hiccups on these resets during both interviews, you know, with Kennedy and then with Nick. I'm getting ready. I'm trying to say their names, you know, preview the show here, and I fumble on my wording. It's all right. I couldn't even say Nepic's last name. It was Nick Nepic. It's a tough one. It's yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, right before we go into uh, our break, I think we're going to, we, we got to do, and I don't know if Bab is even ready for this because I sent him, I sent him a run sheet. Like I do, I send both of you a run sheet in the wee hours of the morning, you know, the night before the show where I kind of put together, okay, this is where we want to go. And then we adjust it accordingly. And I tell Bab, I'm like, all right, dude. Have a quick puck segment ready to go. I know. Oh, I'm ready for this segment. Oh, you're ready for this segment. Thank God. I thought we were about God. to do something else. No, oh we're doing God. quick puck. Oh, my God. We're doing quick puck is what I would like to do, but I'm always nervous now because you hadn't even seen that on the run sheet until about read, five minutes before the show. When you send the run sheet, it's covered in links of stuff. Poll or stuff we're supposed to read before the show. And if there's not a link next to it, I don't consider it important. You are the and, human link to this segment. It's all you. And segment two, titled Quit Puck, has no link to it. So I'm just like, well, fuck that segment. Yeah, well, because <laughs> what did you have is the description On for the that. description, you told Bab, I said, puck. Bab, be ready and hit it hard. Well, hit it hard, Bab. Hit it hard. Let's go. What do we got? So, yes. Mm, Quick puck. Couple of things happening in the NHL this week. Namely, tomorrow is the expansion draft. What the hell is that? That's when a new team shows up and you have to get players to it. So, what's the new team? So, the the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, the Golden Knights. The Golden Showers? The Golden Knights. The The Golden Golden Knights. Okay. They're about to have a really fierce rivalry with the Angeles Kings. Angeles Kings Angeles. and Golden Showers. All right. The Vegas Golden Knights and the Angeles kind of Kings. Hockey. But, yes, yeah, so the expansion draft is tomorrow. Every NHL team had to submit a list of 11 players, mm. 10 forwards and a goalie, that they could protect that Vegas could not touch. But otherwise, Vegas gets to pluck one player from every single other 30 NHL teams. It sounds, Bab, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds just erotic. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. That's I'm around. So that's tomorrow. Cool. Uh, Vegas gets one player from every NHL team. Oh, just a, it's, l- uh, a little bit deeper. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the spot. Uh, the other thing is the new Adidas jerseys were unveiled about Mm-mm. 43 minutes ago. Take that jersey what off. What were they before? Reebok? Reebok. Take it off. Uh, which is kind of ironic because Adidas owns Reebok, but, you know, whatever. Uh, the Stars' new jerseys, absolutely nothing changed. And in fact, there was a quote from Jim Lights in the press release that said we wanted the design to be the design we came up with in 2013. So he's basically saying, yeah, fuck Adidas. Mm, dirty talk. <laughs> they did not, hard. They did, not, they did not change jack squat with the Stars jerseys. The only team that really got a makeover was the Minnesota Wild. 
Oh, they are pretty wild. Oh, let's get oh, yeah. let's get wild. What's the uh, differences with Minnesota's? Uh, they ditched the red jersey. Mm. It's now green, and it's got a stripe, a cream stripe across the middle. A little with bit the more, wild logo pasted l- on top of it. A little bit more lacy. A little pasty. The pasty nips. Uh, yeah. Is it a lacier vibe? Because yeah. I would say just go take the jersey off completely. But if you want to go lace, you can keep it on. I like lace. That kind of gets me going. Uh, Golden Knights unveiled their jerseys as well. They have white gloves. Oh, white gloves. White gloves. For home and away. Real fresh. So you I think this Golden Knights team handed. could be good, like, immediately? They'll they'll be competitive, yeah. They're not going to, you know, probably win a Stanley Cup, but well, they'll win some games. Interesting. They're not going to be like the, the 1992 Lightning that won, like, 15 games. <laughs> so we'll see. I guess we got to wait and see how this expansion draft goes, huh? Yeah. Hey, so next week, quick puck. We'll oh, see what that roster looks like. You know what like. starts on Thursday? What starts Thursday? The CFL's regular season. Vince Young's already canned, huh? Yeah, he got cut. Which was, was supposed to be... Thursday night's game was supposed to be great. Because it's the only game... It's Thursday night. It's prime time. Saskatchewan against Montreal. It was supposed to be Vince Young making his Rough Riders debut against Darian Durant, the former quarterback of the Rough Riders for like 10 years who signed with Montreal in the offseason. Oh, oh the that was drama. a big move. That was yeah. a big move this offseason. I instead, just can't wait for this. And instead, bad. Vince Young got cut. Saskatchewan's got three receivers out for the game, and Durant's just going to run clean over him in Montreal. This is when they need to call Red Favre and say, Favre, we need you. We need How's you in Saskatoon. Right, actually, they, they play in Regina. All I can say is this what. This quick putt. Saskatchewan has... plays in the city. In Regina? Regina. Regina. A lot of vagina? Regina. Regina. R E G I N A. Regina, Saskatchewan. Let's just call it Regina. This quick puck's just gotten a lot it's of gotten hands. Gotten a lot of handsy. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's end it there. Hey, we get in, we get off. <laughs> get in, get off, get out. Let's end it there. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsors. This is what I was not ready for oh, when this segment began. F and Poo. F and Poo de Tocktons. <sighs> yeah, what he said. That's why I was frantically pulling out my email, and then you said, "Oh no, we're going to quick puck." Oh well, yeah, we're. That's going, why I was like, "Okay," we're but doing I was quick puck, and then we brought. We usually take a break after hey, quick Bat, puck. Hey, will you put your pants back on? I mean, my God, I'm not putting my pants back on until after the CFL season's done, which ends in November. So, so it's just getting started. So we've got a long time. <laughs> a lot of pantsless bab. I'm babbless. excited about it. Oh my bab- goodness! Bab- pantless babbless. Fabulous pantsies. Well, if you're going to keep your pants off like that for the, these next few months, we have, may have to do a couple of quick pucks per episode. <laughs> what about when it starts getting cold in I the fall? I won't be able to handle it. I'm gonna. Ha- you realize how many DISD games I'm going to have to call without pants? Shrinkage. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. I'm glad I'm not in the booth anymore for that. <laughs> I'm glad I am. Oh. oh uh, now man. the computer froze. That's no, okay. We literally. This is just a shit of a. Well, would you rather just go oh straight into God. weird? It's up. It's up. It's oh. up. My when we God. come back, we'll get into Let's Get Weird, which I have no idea how we'll top last week's reverse Blumpkin, but you're damn sure I'll try. We'll be right back. You're listening to Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Robert, take it away, my brother. Hello, I'm Robert of the Diamond Broker. Over the past 30 years, many jewelry stores have come and gone, but we are still here. We are Dallas's original Diamond Broker, and our A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and a proven track record with thousands of satisfied customers sets us apart. The Diamond Broker has been the go-to source for loose diamonds, engagement rings, and special occasion jewelry. We were one of the first companies in DFW to offer diamonds directly from the cutters. With over $2 million in loose diamonds to choose from, the Diamond Broker is the most respected wholesale broker because we guarantee the color, clarity, and cut of every diamond sold. 
We offer good old-fashioned value and service, no gimmicks and no hassles. When shopping for an engagement ring, a pre-owned Rolex or special occasion diamonds, visit the Diamond Broker. Ask around. Someone you know has done business with us. The Diamond Broker, Dallas Original Diamond Broker at Preston and Forest in Dallas or on the web at diamondbrokerdallas.com. This is the extended version. Run the jewels, mother lickers. It's the Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo yep. and producer Bab on the ones and the twos. We've had a lot of NBA talk. We've had two guests on, Kennedy Miller and Nick Nepic. We've not had some one, technical difficulties. Not, two, not five or 75, not even 69, Gronky Boo Boo. We've had a rough show. We've also had a great show in terms of content, but I've fudged up. Our, our board is fudged up. Our cellular devices have fudged up a ton. So much fudging. So much fudging, but at the same time, you're still here and you're sticking with us. And that's why we love you to death, to pieces. And that's why you're a nosebleed for life. And we thank you very, very much. And now we will take a moment to get a little freaking weird. Let's just get vaped out right now. I'm looking to get weird. That's weird, man. Time to get weird with Walt Jump. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird with Walt Chuck. Episode 20 edition. Whoa, slow your roll there, big boy. You know I'm putting my weird socks oh, on. Oh, I'm waiting. I'm not even going to start. One sec I'm not even going to start. Get that left right. one's on. Oh, left, left first. Now the right. All right. All right, it's on. Oh, you snuggly bugly. Always got to put my weird socks on. You know that. I got another chive or list from the chive. This mm-hmm. one, the title alone got me going. Sounds hot. Bizarre sex laws oh. in the world today. Laws? Laws. Like L-A-W-S laws. Like, oh, like you're breaking the law, like Things sir. you can't do sexually. Yes. Um, Is yep. reverse Blumpkin number one on the list? They're the world's most bizarre sex laws. No, I don't I don't think there's anything Blumpkin related, unfortunately. It's all right. Number one. In Egypt, a woman caught committing adultery is sent to prison for two years. Oh, she should be, uh, she should be stoned. A man caught committing adultery... Will only get six months in prison. But he, high is, five? he is only accountable for punishment if he does it in the family. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So apparently, no, if I mean, that, I mean, when he I commits look at adultery that, with his cousin, you're in six months in jail. If if you don't, if it's just someone outside of the fam, you're good. Just sleep with whoever you want. It's tough to do though, man. It's tough to go outside the family in those situations. You think so? Is that yeah, it's gonna be difficult? That is totally not fair, though. That is not equality no. at all. I'm all in on that rule. Great rule. You're okay. Good law. All right, we're not going to go there. Number Just makes two. Sense. This one. Uh, this one's a local one here in Texas. Mm. It's illegal to own more than six dildos. Wow. In 1973, <laughs> the Texas legislature passed a law that prohibited the sale or promotion of quote obscene devices, meaning a device including a dildo or artificial vagina designed or marketed as useful primarily 
for the stimulation of human genital organs. This can't be true, because if this was the case, you would be in prison for life. For life. Heck, I've got double that amount. I mean, dude, we've got beads in studio that we I know, pull that's out what this I'm saying. Time. Like, if, if what's the rules here? Is it like less than six per person in the room? Because like, like six we have, or less. Because we have over thirty in here right now. We, you divide that by by six. We're criminals. Dude. We're, we're criminal. breaking the law. We're going to jail. But hey, it's worth it. In California, there's a law that makes it illegal to sell stuffed items that resemble breasts within a thousand feet of a highway. Mm, count me out. Isn't that just bizarre? <laughs> such a random, like, all right, it's illegal to sell, what was it again? An illegal to It's illegal stuffed? to sell stuffed items that resemble breasts it's within a thousand okay. feet of a highway. And it's like, all right, Jim, it's illegal to sell things that resemble stuffed breasts. Now, how are we going to enforce that? Only How about a highway? Feet. Yeah, the, the highway's the border. <laughs> so a thousand feet of a highway, go, no go, no go. I mean, just another. What, what's wrong? Is it distracting to the drivers? I mean, boobs are distracting. They're so much fun. It's just another law that, that just really makes sense. Next one. Too bad for Kim and Kanye, but in London, you cannot have sex on a parked motorbike. During the post-World War II period, soldiers were coming back to the UK with motorcycles. And they were getting a little too risky with the latest. Not sure if this law applies to moving motorbikes, though. So, there might be a loophole. If it's just a parked motorbike, no sexy time. But if you can drive and ride at the same time, then we're we got in respect business. for you. I actually like that. It's like, listen, we're going to make it tougher on you, but if you can pull it off, we're just going to let you do it. Like, if you can come through on this, is like. Come now, where? Anywhere, everywhere. Paint the wall. Woo! Painting city. I mean, that is that would be the most talented guy and gal to be able to remain on those two wheels humming down the highway and that, also what's, humming what's down harder? the highway. What's harder? Humming. Me. Humming down. Well, besides you, oh. because, God, you've got a gift. Um, what's harder, that on a moving motorcycle or the passed out drunk guy that held onto the trunk for what was it, 14 miles in Ooh, georgia wow yeah you're right because that was like next level yeah respect both difficult but incredibly man. difficult i almost I, I part of me wants to say this motorcycle thing because you're actually doing an activity you're performing an activity while you're having to be conscious enough and drive like the guy who was on the back of the car he just had to maintain himself this guy who's riding the motorcycles flying down the road on a motorcycle while getting busy I mean, it's hard to do the bangy dangy in I general. I love the bangy dangy though. Let alone when you're driving on the highway. Delicious and nutritious. I mean, that's the ultimate roadie. In Nepal, the government banned all films showing intercourse or full frontal nudity. Good. Even Bollywood movies have large chunks removed because you know the Bollywood films. Nasty. Really? Oh yeah. You have that whole collection. Kama over at your Sutra house. is an Indian thing. Yeah. Well, that's why have you, you read that Indian girl for a while? My parents don't know about that, and they listen to the show. Do they know about the Indian guy, though? They do know about him. Okay. He was he cooked phenomenally well, and my parents are suckers for Indian food. Hey, he could so talk. he had to come over and, and give us some non chicken. Well, and in, no, that's bread. <laughs> and he could toss a mean salad too, couldn't he? Oh, he could toss more than a mean salad. Yeah. But you know, Indian cuisine, uh, I, I he really didn't provide a lot of salad tossing. It was more. The kormas, the curries, the oh, non-bread, yes. okay. the tandoori chicken. Gotcha. So he was a healthy guy. He was a healthy guy. But so you did the salad tossing then? I did most of the salad tossing, okay. yes. Caesar, preferably. Good. Males in Adams County, Colorado that work in massage parlors must wear all white clothing. Hmm. Why? 
You think that's because the uh, happy ending happens to be a similar color, mm. but won't stain? I still think there'll be a mark. Yeah, and it, it always, I mean, you got to wash it either way because it gets a little stiff, a little crunchy. Dry cleaning for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I honestly think instead of going white, they should go more of a cream. Like a beige? Yeah, like a the mix between, it's like an off-white. Oh, I beige, like that. You know, it would just make more sense for me. Our next trip to Men's Warehouse or J wherever we want to go, because mm -hmm. we got to prep for uh, our trip to Vegas here in August. Yeah. Yeah, we, we might need to go with that coloring. I like that off shade. Off shade, yeah. exactly. In Vienna, Austria, kissing on public transportation is illegal. In 2013, the company that runs the public transport system started charging passengers with a 50 euro fine if caught kissing. The fine was created after receiving numerous complaints about affectionate passengers. What's wrong with a little love? Yeah, what the hell? On a 15-hour flight, Who are you if I want to kiss my significant other? anyone of love. Or maybe just this really attractive, cute passenger that I've gotten to bond with on this flight for 10 hours. And he's been showing a lot of interest in you, and you can't help but want to kiss him? Who the hell are you to tell me I can't? I, I'm not anyone. I would never tell you that. Europa, where is this? Freaking Austria, dude. Austria. And I'll Screw tell you what, you I've, been, I've been to the Vienna airport. Won't go back. Now, I, I was really blown away. I thought it was great. They've got lovely juices and breads. It's very nice. I'd love to visit Austria, but this rule, hell no. Count me out. Yeah, just because people are just a little upset about some PDA because they don't have enough in their own life, don't let them ruin the fun for the other people. And you put the D in PDA, baby. Hell yeah. In Dubai, any sexual relations outside of marriage is illegal, regardless on, of your relationship in another country. Even if, even if it's in the family? Uh, Dubai does not play with those rules. Wow, that sucks. Unless you're... Oh, <laughs> I lied. Yes, you did. Unless you're related. Yeah. It's see? also illegal to live together or share a hotel room with someone of the opposite sex. What the hell's up with this in the family crap? I mean, that's just... I mean, you just gotta... Well, the other... It's it, only way it to make it the right. opposite in Egypt. In Egypt, it was... If you do it with someone in the family, then it's six months for the males. Uh, Dubai is saying... They're encouraging. It's cool... You're in the family's fine, but if you cheat outside of the family, no, 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 gotcha. no, no, okay. no, no. Or share a hotel room with someone. All right, so Bab would fit in well in Dubai. What do you think, Bab? Should we get you a ticket? Go check it out? No comment. Okay. In India, people kissing in public can be prosecuted under Section 294 of the country's penal code. Whatal code? Penal. Hmm. The code says whoever to the annoyance of others... Does any obscene act in any public place, or B, sings, recites, or utters any obscene songs, ballad, or word in or near any public place, shall be punished with imprisonment of either description for a term, which may extend to three months, or with a fine, or with both. So fine, possible jail time, don't kiss in public in India. Gosh, screw you, India. In Qatar, displays of affection are frowned upon in public. This includes holding hands, hugging, and kissing. So we can't even hug and hand pound. We are not doing a live show. There. We can Cancel just hand that. pound. Bab, Bab, Is there any law? Well, it says holding hands. I mean, it doesn't specify hand pounding. Well, could we just pound? I mean, could we just pound? Can we just go ahead and full out pound? Maybe. Should I can't, this is in Qatar? It's in Qatar. So should I cancel our Dubai show? Yes. Cancel, I'm not, I, I, cancel the Qatar I'm not interested. Trip, is Dubai in Qatar? I don't think no, so. No, I think I Dubai is Dubai and Qatar is Qatar. We're not going to Qatar, though. Not I anymore. I don't know my geography in the We're, Middle East. We are not going. Well, a lot of this happens oh, yeah. in the Middle East. Dubai is in the United Arab Emirates. Sorry. Okay. Nope. We're not going to Qatar, though, Bab. Don't ever call their government and get us over there, please. 
In 96, Singapore introduced a law that says it's illegal to walk around naked in a private place if you're exposed to a public view. Offenders can be fined or even sent to prison. So, you know what? I mean, I guess, sure. No. Not stop. everyone wants to see you naked. Uh, what? Speak for yourself kind of thing? Yeah, speak for yourself. I'm like Bab right now, walking around with his pants off, and he's going to do it for the next six months. Well, it took me a little while to get used to it, and Bab's got kind of weird legs. No, but I think it fits well with, with the general, the mid-region there. Oh, there's just, there's just you a really lot of, love to pay attention to that well, area. It's just, there's just so much girth. There's a lot coming out of it. There, there's a lot to look at. It's hanging a bit. And I just love it. Like a Big Mac. So where is this again that you can't walk around naked? Because, Bab, you may have to cancel your trip. Singapore. Singapore. No more Singapore for you, at yeah, least not till Christmas. We might not world travel. Because you're going to be pantsless until at least Christmas, right? Uh, before Thanksgiving. Okay. Oh, okay. Great Cups, first week of November. Okay, cool. So you could spend Christmas in Singapore then. Halloween, though, that's going to be a big one. Yeah. Well, you're just going to go as the naked guy, right? I can't be pantsless Zach Babb for Halloween. Why not? Shit. Yeah, you can. <laughs> just be yourself that night. That'd be a great costume. It'd be cheap. What about Illinois? I think, do we got anything going on in Illinois? Chicago? When selling a reptile, you must provide a written warning not to, quote, nuzzle or kiss them. I guess they don't like that. That's a stupid one. Wow, I would have gotten arrested last year. Should have. You nuzzle reptiles often? The well, final... I thought reptile was was code. I thought <laughs> wait, it was wait, code you word. don't like cats. I thought reptile but you're gonna nuzzle was a, code. A reptile. Again, I thought reptile was code word. You ever for... just cuddle up with a Komodo dragon? Scaly. Yeah, if Komodo dragon means... You okay, know. for those of you that don't know what just happened, I, I, Eric I, I eyeballs went right down to the crotchal region of Bab, and he winked. He's got his pants off. I am so turned on. What am I on. supposed to do? Oh, my God. It's I think not everybody's chubbing now. Holy smokes. Final one is a picture from a scene in Superbad. Everybody familiar with that film? Oh, my gosh. If you're not, kill yourself uh, right now. Wow. We don't endorse that because suicide awareness is something that we should spread. <laughs> And that is a very, very big problem. You do not want 13 Reasons Why <laughs> Nosebleed States Edition. Eric, Wolchick, why did you do that? Wolchick, welcome to your tape. Oh, that's funny. But seriously, seriously please kidding. don't do that. We were kidding. We love everybody. And if you or someone that you know is suffering from <laughs> suicidal thoughts, contact us. We'll be happy to, to, to talk space. your way out of safe it. Space. Come on, join the show. We'll hear about it. Should I read the hotline number on air now as please penance? Please do. Give us the Yeah, yes. please. Let us know. This is for forgiveness of our sins. Thank you. 1-800-273-8255. Well, can you say it with a little more gusto? 1-800-273-8255. Eight two five five. And when you break down those numbers alphabetically, that's one eight hundred kill yourself. <laughs> so, anywho, this picture from the super bad scene, Jesus. You understand if we were on live radio right now, we would not have a show anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is why I send our stuff out to producers and program directors that listen to the show, and they think, hell no, we can't put these people on an actual syndicated. Let's check out nosebleed seats. Good lord. One eight hundred. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. We're God. Listen, only if you haven't seen Super Bad. Only if that you is haven't seen Super Bad. Suicide. Well, the scene where he talks about how he's got a dick drawing problem. Wait, 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 wait. That's wait, what wait. we're referring to here. Say that phone number again. 1-800-KILL-YOURSELF. All right, you can resume, Zach. Thanks. Any lewd, obscene, or indecent doodles are riding in Wisconsin, so that means you can't draw dicks, big veiny dicks, are illegal in public, 
and can be charged with a Class C misdemeanor. There goes my childhood, really. Well, you didn't grow up in Wisconsin, did you? No. Miami and Wisconsin uh, are two different places. Fair. Did you grow up in Miami? No, I or, wish. Oh, oh, okay. Miami and but now the hell you grew up in two places. This entire time, I grew up here. Bastard. Oh, I'm a Miami fan, but I grew up here. I was drawing dicks all over the place. I was drawing dicks. You I can't do it in Wisconsin. No. So I know that, you know, we, we talked about the delicious cheese up there with Dr. John Michaels. We're not allowed to draw any obscene gestures when we go up and collect our cheeses. No Gucci cheese. No Gucci cheese. It sucks. What are you going to do? I discovered pepper jack cheese yesterday. Oh, for the first time. What? First you get time. it on a, on a Chick-fil-A grilled sandwich? No. It's like, like the little string cheese thing. Oh, they've got but pepper jack Pepper flavor. jack. How was it? Mind blown? It's awesome. I bought five packs. You've never heard <laughs> of pepper jack cheese? I've heard of it, but I've never tried it. Oh, okay. Well, still. Okay, it's so what was, what was a bigger moment for you when you heard about or found pepper jack cheese or when you found out what a reverse Blumpkin was? Which was better? The Blumpkin. Which one was more of a life event for you? I'd say the Blumpkin. Yeah, that's what I thought, well, too. But the more edible one was And the you cheese. went and tried it immediately. <laughs> that's where we disagree, Bab. Oh, that is gross. Talking about edible things, disturbing foods people actually eat. Oh, we're just getting weirder by the second. Yep, this is the last one I've got, and then we'll move on. But this was kind of funny because some of these foods are weirdly named. Wichita grub, most common to the Australian diet. These massive slug-like worms can be cooked or eaten raw. They've got a ton of protein to offer with a sweet caramel center. Actually, it's just the goose juicy guts. Mmm. Wichita grub. That. I mean, they're like big. You know, in The Lion King, where yeah. Simba slurps up that grub? And it actually That's looks good. That's exactly what it is. It's amazing. These aren't green. These are white. Good. And they taste like caramel. Chicken feet. Ever dabbled in chicken feet? More, I'm more of a chicken wing, leg, and breast guy myself. I love breasts. The feet, ugh, gross. I don't like, we know I don't like any kinds of feet. Well, not after that one time. Oh, especially not after that one time. More commonly found in Europe and Asia, these extremities offer little to no meat, so most people just chew on them. Ew. When I hear Chewing little on chicken to feet. no meat, I turn around and I walk away. That's disgusting. And that goes for every facet of my life. Have you ever had black pudding? Black what? Black pudding. Like chocolate pudding? It's, it, honestly, it kind of looks like a sausage round, uh, but it's called black pudding. This delicacy consists of pig's blood mixed with fat and oatmeal, then fried or grilled. I'd rather just have bacon. It looks disgusting, but yeah. black pudding, I, I want to say, is more of a um, UK dish. I think it's pretty popular in England. I know my grand. We should call my grandmother. I'm sure she could make it for us. Guinea pigs. You know that that wow. cute, cute little cuddly pet you had as a child? Yeah. Yeah, people are eating them. Listen, I get eating a hamster, but a guinea pig. Well, the picture is even more violent because it's literally a whole guinea pig that is just laying on a bed of vegetables. It's disgusting. I'd rather eat the guinea pig than the vegetables. It's, it's absolutely gross, but in South America, people use them for food, and I've heard they taste like a combination of pork and rabbit. Preference, baby. I have had rabbit. No, I have not. I've had duck. Duck is good. I have not had rabbit. I've heard rabbit is good. I think a buddy of mine went to Italy last summer. Had some duck? I had some rabbit. Oh, had some rabbit. And he enjoyed the rabbit. I've had duck. Duck is good. I, I enjoyed duck. Tripe. Have you had tripe? Well, no, but it looks disgusting. I've seen someone eat it before, and it looks awful. Who ate it? Uh, it was actually on a TV show. It was a punishment that oh, somebody, really? had, somebody had to serve. Yeah, and it was it was awful. It By the way, disgusting. Bab, speaking of punishments, I mean, the Astros have kind of pulled the hell away. 
Um, unless the Rangers are able to make it to the playoffs and, and Houston loses and the Rangers advance. They lead in the AL West. I think I'm screwed. The lead in the AL West is so freaking huge. The Astros have lost eight of their last 12 games, and they still lead the division by 12 games. Yeah, I'm screwed. So what's the punishment here? We because didn't. We never decided, and I'd, I'd prefer not to eat tripe. I would love a shirtless photo with actual pepperonis, like huge Italian pepperonis covering your nips. And the, and, then, and the pepperonis have to have the H star on it. Yes. Okay. I like where Babs head at. The and H then, star. And then no. We, and, then, no. and then and then it becomes the photo becomes the nosebleed seats Twitter Avi. Oh God, no. That would just be that would just be amazing. It would be for the show. I'm glad you agree. I'm you glad have to you wear, signed off. This is good. And you have to wear a tequila sunrise jersey around your head like a bandana. If you. Supply and you're in your white I have no. a, I have yes. a tequila sunrise no. jersey. First <laughs> of all, no undies. That is like, okay, it can be the photo for a day. Really, only a day. Well, think about this. We, how, about whole, how about the whole playoffs? How about until the Astros get eliminated? <gasps> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it could be, it could be, you know, it could be soon. It, it could, could be, be it could be three days, or it could be. We are trying early to November. gain listeners and fellowship. We're not trying to scare them away, folks. <laughs> Listen, nothing would be better than seeing you with your pepperoni nips covered by some pepperoni and my big hairy gut. One hundred, yeah, kill yourself. <laughs> What? Excuse me. One eight hundred. Kill yourself. I'm looking at it now, and I might need to call them later because Eric has pushed me so far into a in a little. Oh, I can't even speak. This is this is my ploy to get more followers and listeners. They're gonna see you shirtless with pepperonis on your nipples, and they're like, "Damn, I'm hungry. I want to listen to nosebleed seeds." Usually, I ask people to buy me dinner first. Why am I hungry and turned on all at the same time? Oh, that's right, because Waltzik's naked with pepperoni on his nipples. Well, why don't you go eat some tripe? I'd rather eat the nipples. I mean, the pepperonis. For those of you that didn't know, tripe is the inner lining of a cow's stomach. Ugh, it's like hairy tripe, too. It is gross. But, yeah, that's something we can look into. I'm not against that. I mean, I'll do whatever is good for the show. I just don't know Listen, that that is for good the for the show. It's not for me. It's, it's for the show. Let's Okay, listeners, get back to us. Hit us up at NosebleedPod on Twitter. See if you'd be into that. Nosebleed Seeds Podcast on Facebook. We have a new website now. Did you guys check it out? I did. The website's up and running. Ooh, oh, and this photo will go on the website, too, in your bio page. No. Yeah. No. This is going to be good. I'm excited. No, it's not Fabric going on my excited? bio page. I'm looking forward I'm to I'm drawing this. the line. I don't want this thing out there for people to use against me in the future. Against you? The only thing, they're going to put it against them. They're going to blow this up like a fathead, and they're going to put this picture against themselves. I'm self-conscious, themselves, Eric. Physically. Some of us have to deal with being fat, and I own it. That's right. Own it with pepperonis on your nails. All right, bring on the pet, the, the Houston Halo peps. Yes, dude, because we're gonna carve out stars. But I'm not putting it as my bio on the nipples. on the website. All right, that's fine. I don't mind on the Twitter page though. Twitter page, it's for the show. For the show, unless the people just overwhelmingly want it on everything, and then that's fine. Whatever the listeners want, but if the listeners don't want it, I don't want to give it to them. Guys, if you want to see Walchick shirtless with pepperonis on his nipples and something wrapped around his head, let us know, and we'll put it everywhere. Have you ever had fried rattlesnake? Uh, no, grilled. Frog legs. No. I have had frog legs. What do you think? <laughs> like stringy chicken. It looks weird. Century eggs. Ew. Yeah, it that looks sounds gross. sounds like old eggs. It's 100-year-old eggs. Why the hell is that even Why? a thing? I don't know, but a fun fact apparently is eggs that are, pre- eggs that are preserved using a saline solution. And I bet you got to think they smell bad, right? Dude, even like... 
three-week-old eggs are Ugh. disgusting. Ugh. Escargot. Have you ever had an escargot? Snails? Yeah. I have. It's not bad if you get it cooked well. Sago Delight is a bowl of sago, which is a starch from palm trees mixed with an unhealthy amount of condensed milk and fruit, creating a soupy fruit salad type of dish. Out of everything I've seen, this one looks the least weird. Still wouldn't eat it. Shark fin soup. Ever wanted to eat any shark? I'd be down with that, probably. I know people eat shark, shark fin. It shark looks fin like egg soup. drop soup, if you ever had that. Get a little sick, have some shark fin soup. Starfish. Have you ever eaten a starfish? Only a chocolate starfish. Well, this one is on a kebab. Turtle soup. Muktuk. Muktuk looks kind of like a carved mushroom. Consumed in Alaska and northern Canada. Muktuk is actually whale skin and blubber. You know what this reminds me of? What? A poll I saw this week. Anywhere between 8 to 10% of Americans believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. No kidding. Yes. You know, it is really, from my understanding, milk that has had a little bit of blood in it, and they go ahead and just make it chocolate milk. Because That's obviously they can't serve disgusting. it as whole white milk. Yeah. I wish I didn't know that because I love chocolate milk. I love chocolate milk, too. It's, who cares? You've been drinking it your whole life, and you just because you didn't know it doesn't mean that it's You've making you sick. drinking cow's blood. What someone doesn't know doesn't hurt them, but now I know, so it hurts me. Well, Eric, I know a hotline you can call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is that hotline again? 1-800-KILL-YOURSELF. Ah. Pickled egg is also on the list. Looks gross. Disgusting. Uh, shiokara, the gag levels are starting to run. Oh, gross. It's a Japanese dish that even native Japanese struggle eating. And then why the hell do they eat it? This is a soup-like dish filled with various marine animal meat. Think squid urchin, other kinds of fermented organs. Oh, God. Wah, 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 I'm, you know, it's wah. funny because I'm usually a fan of fermented organs. The know, other stuff on dinner. here, bats. Why the hell would you want to eat bats? Smoke a bat. It's ridiculous. Basashi? What the hell is this? It's horse meat. You know, I heard a rumor that Taco Bell's tacos were made with horse meat. I heard rat meat. I think so. it's just soy, dude. I think it's soy. It's disgusting, dude. They're great. Even though those those chips, those, uh, those chicken chips from Taco Bell, pretty good oh i was talking about jack in the box did i say taco bell i don't know maybe you didn't maybe i'm confused you said taco bell i did say taco bell i think i did i remember that now no those chicken chips are great if you've had the uh chick star i think it is it's like when they put it in like the um oh what are those things called the crunch wraps mm. but they fill it with the chicken strip the chicken Dang, the chicken, no, but I bet naked chicken chips good. they are good i mean that's a just a one-way ticket to the bathroom though who cares blood clams your girlfriend Lost cares. Crackers, Your girlfriend cares. And a cobra heart. That's how this thing ends. Wow, snake heart. I wonder how big a, the heart of a snake could be. I don't know, but I hate snakes. So get all of that away from me now immediately. And that does it for this edition of Let's Get Weird. I didn't get much laughter. It was a terrible edition. I apologize. 1-800-KILL-YOURSELF. I'll try and do better next time. <laughs> yeah, please. After I call that hotline. Definitely. Do not attempt to do a better job until you've called that hotline. 1-800-KILL-YOURSELF. I hope you can sleep. Eight hundred, kill yourself. I have. I don't think I will sleep any better ever than I will tonight. Now that you say it, one eight hundred, kill yourself. 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 Stay in your lane. Yeah. Oh, God. Stay in your lane. No, I will not. You jerk. I refuse, LeVar.
Stay in your lane. Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, although I'm ashamed to be here right now. You should be. Eric Chiafalo and producer Bab. Guys, there's always NFL crap to talk about. <laughs> Today's no different. You seem really thrilled about it, too. I'm just thinking about having to take my shirt off in public. Oh, you're really just concerned? <laughs> <laughs> so it's killed the whole show. <laughs> it's starting to weigh on you. Oh, oh no. Come on, Rangers. You got this, baby. <laughs> ah, not going to happen. They're selling at the deadline. They're getting rid of the whole roster. <laughs> yeah, so trading would... Carlos Gomez back to Milwaukee for, going back for nothing. For you a Darvish, couple ushers and a peanut Darvish vendor. You out of here. We'll trade him to the Giants, get Sam Dyson back. That's, that's how big the Rangers yeah, we are throwing want Dyson it in. back. Good God in Send hell Darvish no. to the Astros for a chronicle writer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Walter, you're going to look great, man. Don't don't stress it. I always it. look great, so I'm not stressed about Nothing's it. Nothing's better than Astro logo covered nips. Especially okay. with pepperonis. By the way, can I dibs eating the left pepperoni after we take the photo? You can have whatever you like. I'm going to dibs my tequila sunrise jersey back from you after it's done. I'm not going to keep it, so you don't have to worry <laughs> about that. Let's talk some let's talk some pigskin. Let's talk some pigskin, baby. Eric Decker. We talked about last week with the New York Jets. Bet put some damn freaking bed music up. The computer's phrasing you again. Slow piece of bum, poo. Bum, bum, bum. There it is. Now we got the juice. Got a little football tunes. Decker signed with the Tights. The Titans. The Tits. The Titans. <laughs> God, this show. <laughs> this one, this is really bad. The Tennessee uh, Titans, baby. Yeah, Eric Decker's a member. All of a sudden, that receiving core looking a lot better now than it did last year for the Titans. Before we go any further into football, I'm just curious. Do you think this episode is going to be worse than episode 17? Uh, <laughs> or do you think it'll still be better? Well, I think the fact that we had Nick on raises the level of That's credibility. And, Ken- and Kennedy. And Kennedy. I think we've reached the point, too, on this show where... When you're like when you're when you're like playing an old arcade game or something, and you get up to like nine hundred ninety nine thousand, and it flips back to zero, I think the show has just gotten so stupid, it's become great. Yeah, it's just it's been awful. I I would say the worse, the better it is, right? Hopefully, that's what we go for here. Well, as long as we're better than episode seventeen, that's all we can really ask for. By the way, we've got thirty minutes to get out of here. Otherwise, the show will be not only the worst we've ever done, but the longest. Wow. We well, don't need that to happen. So don't worry. Let's run through this NFL stuff We're right fine. here. So Decker's with the Titans now, and I think that that's a great signing. I like yeah. Eric Decker as a player a lot. Formerly of the Jeets. You, me- you mesh with uh, Corey Davis. to join the Tits. Yeah, and they got a good running game. Yeah, good no, they, quarterback. And they just didn't they just draft a receiver? Corey Davis, number five overall. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, there you go. So, I mean, Mar- Mariota needed a couple, uh, couple of playmakers. They got a good offensive line. They got good running backs. I think their defense is struggling. Hey, Eric Decker, way to go. Julian Edelman signed an extension with Green Bay. Don't have to worry about him leaving. Julian Edelman signed an extension with Green Bay. With with the Patriots. Because, look, the next story I've got is a Green Bay-related story. I'm sorry. God, this is just terrible. But he signed an extension with the Pats. Good. Not the Pack. No, the Pats. The New England Patriots. The defending Super Bowl champions. But speaking of Green Bay, a couple got married recently. Big-time Packer fans did their whole thing, their whole shebang uh, in Green Bay. I think they even did it maybe at Lambeau. I don't know. The All ceremony know at Lambeau? That's pretty That's pretty tight. Ryan Holton Murphy, which is the name of the groom, married Mary Packer. Her last name is Packer? Her last name is Packer. And she, she's from Green Bay? From Green Bay. And it's obviously a Packers fan. 
And her last name's Packer. Yes, and they married in a Packer-themed celebration atop Willis Tower in Chicago. So they got married in Chicago. Oh, okay. So they're Packer fans. Definitely not at Lambeau. They got married in Chicago, but it was a Packer-themed wedding. The groom slipped into a custom Green Bay suit for the after party, and he also took the name of his fiancée. Miss Packer? And it is now Mr. Ryan and Mary Packer. Mr. and Mrs. Packer coming right up. So congratulations to the Packer family. You know, I heard they were going to name their firstborn son Fudge. Fudge Packer. That's right. That's what I heard. All I can say is what I heard. Dear I don't know God. for sure. Dear God. And the NFL has moved the deadline to sign franchise tag players. Uh, they've pushed it back two days until July 17th. It was the 15th. Now it's the 17th, so a couple more dates to negotiate for the Steelers with Le'Veon Bell and the Redskins with Kirk Cousins, although I don't see anything getting done with Cousins. Maybe Le'Veon Bell gets a deal done. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, two extra days, cool. I mean, What's whatever. that going to do for you? Not much. And the other big news, we've talked about the Top 100 show that the NFL Network has been putting on where the players vote on the best players of 2017. 11 through 20 has come out. And there's a couple Dallas Cowboys on the list and some interesting tidbits to talk about. So from 20 through 11, there's also one player that I think should be rated higher than this, but it is what it is. But at number 20 was the great Luke Keekley, the outstanding Carolina Panthers linebacker. At 19 was Patrick Peterson. He's also the number one rated cornerback. So the number one rated cornerback is ranked 19 overall. So if you're a DB out there, I'm sure you're thinking you should be higher. Tyron Smith coming in at number 18, the Cowboys left tackle. He's also the top-rated tackle at his position. A.J. Green at 17. Drew Brees at 16. Aaron Donald, the defensive tackle of the St. Louis Rams, or now L.A. Rams, excuse me, is at 15. I think Aaron Donald should easily be in the top 10. I think he's the best defensive lineman in the game. But Dak Prescott coming in at 14. The former Mississippi State Bulldog, the rookie quarterback himself, Dak Prescott. Coming in at number 14, he is the fifth-rated quarterback in the league, according to the players. That is such horse crap. He's ahead of Drew Brees, who's at 16. Wrong. Eric Berry at 13. David Johnson at 12. You could argue David Johnson should be up there in the top 10 as well. Yeah. And then Derek Carr is at 11. So Derek Carr is number four, which leaves, you would think, the top three quarterbacks in the league then would be Brady Rodgers and Matt Ryan, since he still has not been said, and he's the reigning league MVP. You'd think those would be the top three that will be in the top ten. But they've got Derek Carr at four, Dak Prescott at five, and then Drew Brees at six. Is it too high for Dak? Yes, it's too high for Dak. I mean, it seems like they just gave a the starting quarterback for one of the best teams in the league last year, who also happens to be America's team, they just figured, all right, you're the quarterback of this team. Y'all were good. You're the 14th best player. At I mean, times listen, like if, he's this, ahead, if he's ranked ahead of Drew Brees, you know yeah. it's wrong. I mean, He shouldn't be. I agree with no. that. I mean, you you got one good year. I'm not going to go ahead and elevate him to top five well, status. You can't be – yeah, a lot of – I mean, you can't become the 14th best player in the league without some level of consistency, like uh, doing it year in, year out. So, I mean, I don't mind him being ahead of De- uh, Derek Carr. No, he's because Carr's you, ahead of him. Or Carr's ahead of him. Okay, because Carr's ahead of both Breeze and Prescott. Yeah, that is Breeze wrong. is at 16, Dak is at 14, Carr is at 11. When you look at, remember when we talked about the Kean Fahey QB uh, quarterback Bible, basically, Dak Prescott is based on his findings, and that's Kean Fahey's findings of pre snap reads, 
Dak Prescott would be better probably than Derek Carr, but definitely not better than a Drew Brees. So, I mean, listen, it is what it is. I, I don't, I never really care about any of these rankings. It's just, it's fodder it's always to fun to do stuff, though, but, especially in the off season. Yeah, no, and we've got a month till training, but camp. how much does it actually matter? And how much does it actually mean? It doesn't matter, but it is fun to kind of judge and see like where, where the peers, the other NFL players kind of evaluate and judge each other. Well, they got this one wrong. You think this Pres- is wrong? Prescott's closer to 50 than he is 14. Well, it's interesting because in the in the pro football focus top 50 players, Dak is exactly number 50. But their top two guys, number one, they've got Aaron Donald, who on this list is 15. Number two, they've got J.J. Watt, who only played three games last year and is coming off back surgery. So yes. I don't know, man. That's like a longevity thing, though. Again, it's like when, you, when well, you're one of those guys that have been around. Are we looking at this year or are we looking at pedigree? You know, it kind of comes down to what are you voting on? But Darren Woodson, the former uh, Dallas Cowboys defensive back, won three Super Bowls with the team in the 90s, Cowboys all-time leading tackler. He talked about if Dak Prescott is a top-10 quarterback right now, is it too early to anoint him that high? And he did it in the devil's lair with first take in the East Coast biased homers that Stephen H. Smith and Max Kellerman and Molly Caramar. Let's hear what Woody had to say. And there's about five elite quarterbacks when you really think about it. It's Brady, Roethlisberger, Breeze, uh, Aaron Rodgers. And and, and I just put Matt Ryan in there this year for what he did last year. So, you know, I usually base it off of that. I mean, those those four or five guys, you say, okay, those are your elite quarterbacks. But when you're talking about a top ten, then you start to have some fall offs. You start to have guys that, you know, maybe this year he's playing well. Maybe Cam's playing well this year. Maybe Andrew Luck plays. So you start to fall off there here and there. I look at Dak Prescott and what he did last year as phenomenal, going 13-3. and three, So do I. Coming in as a fourth-round pick with, no, with zero expectations coming in and doing his job. Now, he's surrounded by great talent, great offensive line, great receivers, uh, and he makes big plays. He, he made big plays not only in the pocket but with his legs. But we're talking about the body of work. He only has one year under his belt. And you're right, Stephen A. People are not only every team in the NFC East sat down this summer and said, we're going to break down Dak Prescott. Show, find out where his weaknesses are. Figure out where he likes to throw the ball. And, and now we're going to start to see through these adjustments where Dak Prescott is. I still think he's going to be a great quarterback. I think he has a mindset of being so. But let's not. It's too early right now, pre- premature to put him in as a top 10 quarterback. And I agree with what Darren Woodson said. I think you and I both do. But, Eric, I'm curious. All right. And there's a couple names that Darren Woodson threw out there that aren't even on here. He didn't even mention Derek Carr, who's ranked number four. He said Roethlisberger and Breeze. What's your top five? Top five quarterback? Right now, today. Well, I mean, I would want to go to the – I mean, I don't have it with me right now. I could pull it up. But the, the Kean Fahey Bible is no, something that through, I would go through off the of Fahey, but I, And I understand that's a wealth of knowledge. But just you, your personal beliefs, you're an avid football watcher. What's your opinion? Well, I mean, right now, today you go Aaron Rodgers is number one. You think he's ahead of Brady? If you're looking at today, right now, the better quarterback, yeah, he, yes. You do? Yes. See, for me, it's so tough you're splitting hairs. I And I'm not – I can make an argument either way if I had to. Rodgers, talent-wise, is the best I've ever seen. And that's what I'm, and that's what I'm going but with But Brady right now. just, for some reason, man, he, he's got it. I mean, things just don't go right for him. They go right for the whole team. No I mean, question. his just like – vibrato and winning mentality and aura 
just escapes and consumes the entire roster. It seems like the dude doesn't lose. Listen, I'm not going to say I'm not trying to argue against Brady, but I would have him as number two. Rodgers is just a freak show. Maybe the best quarterback anyone's ever seen. Okay. Just in terms of talent. They're head like and shoulders said. one and two. Yeah. So there's one and two. And then when you get to three, I probably look to like a Drew Brees. Okay. Uh, a, just incredibly accurate. And we've seen, I mean, he's just had such a long, great career. And um, he would be three. And then I'd say four and five, you're looking at probably maybe a Ben Roethlisberger. Or because of the pedigree? Because of the pedigree. And um, it's now, Ken Faye, he talks about the, the lack of consistency with It's the up and down a little bit, yes. He can be really bad sometimes, and then he can be, like, ridiculously phenomenal. Uh, but I also like what, what he brings to the table, similar to Brady, is you trust him, like, a minute left in a game, and Roethlisberger's got the ball, you feel good about your chances. So, I mean, I'd probably go Roethlisberger four and then five. I don't even know. Of the, uh, nah, probably not Dak. Derek Carr, Matt Ryan. Probably not Derek Carr. Andrew Luck. Maybe Matt Ryan. I'd probably actually go Andrew Luck. I like Andrew Luck more than Matt Ryan. I like Ryan. Andrew Luck a lot as well. Yeah. So, it's I mean, just that's, tough because he hasn't been healthy for two years. Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Luck. I mean, I don't know how you get a better top five than but that. But you don't think Carr and Dak are in the top five at four and five? No. Carr, Carr and Dak are not top five quarterbacks. Cam Newton, would you no put way. him ahead of both of them? Mm, Cam, what I put I mean, ahead. a year ago, Cam Newton was the number one overall player this time on, on the top 100 list. Yeah. He had just won the MVP. What, and that's why, the list, the that's why I don't Super like Bowl. the list because I would have never had Cam Newton up that high, even after his great, phenomenal MVP season. He's just not that kind of quarterback. You wouldn't have said he was a top five guy? Not top five player in the league or top, top five, five player quarterback in at least. Just, just bad position. That's what we're talking about right now. All those five guys I just listed, I would rather have over Newton. Okay. So, Including Matt Ryan? Mm, yes. I'll say yes to that. Dak or Cam? Dak or Cam? Come uh, for this year and in the future. Yeah, I mean, give me Dak. Okay. Give me Dak. What about Derek Carr? Derek Carr or Dak? Because Carr's ahead of Dak on this list. I think we both think Bree should be ahead of both of them. Yes, easily, yeah. But and Carr or Dak? Carr, I'm a big Carr fan, but the, Kean Fahey's uh, assessment of him kind of made me reel it back a little bit. On Derek Carr, he's not quite as accurate as um, as you'd like him to be. He's kind of down in the bottom of the league in terms of accuracy. So that one thing right there, I would rather have Dak. Player that I think will be up in this conversation maybe a year from now. A guy that I wasn't in love with coming out of college, but I've really liked what he's done, and I think that his supporting cast now has put himself in a position to be successful, is Marcus Mariota. I think Mariota's going to get himself in the conversation 100%. by this time next year. Yeah, you are you are super right there. He is definitely the up-and-coming young quarterback that should be taking the next step, and it looks like his team. We saw Peter King a couple weeks ago with the NFL Power Rankings. Peter King has the Titans as a top three or four team in the league next year. The Titans have revamped up. And Mariota showed even last year what kind of player he is. And now with more talent around him, assuming he comes off this injury fine, which he should. Yeah, I think Mariota is going to be one of those guys at the end of the season we're talking about is, okay, is he is he in that upper echelon of top-tier quarterbacks? Definitely. And I like him a better. It's funny because going into that draft with Mariota and Winston, I was a Winston guy. And then I've quickly changed my tune on that. I'm with Mar you. Mariota is just a, he's a better, more accurate quarterback. So, yeah, give me Mariota any day of the week. So I think that we've – we've uh, you probably would put Dak in the top 10, though, based on the guys that we've run through. Top 10 quarterback? I think he he's definitely a top 10 quarterback from the names that we've thrown out, not in the top five. But I think aside from the obvious Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, maybe Matt Ryan, 
Philip Rivers. Would you put him ahead of Rivers though right now? I would not put him ahead of Rivers. I think I, I think you and I both love Andrew Luck when healthy. I think that dude's a, a, a extreme talent. But he hasn't done it in two years. But either way, I don't think we can name even eight guys that we'd for sure put ahead of Dak. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to run through it one more time. We got Rodgers, Breeze, Brady, Luck, Roethlisberger, Rivers, um, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, maybe. We maybe. Are, we were forgetting Russell Wilson. Maybe there, maybe Russ, Russ he's won the Super in, Bowl. He's in that area. Uh, but then, yeah, even and then Marcus Mariota. That's another one. I would rather have Marcus Mariota than Dak Prescott. Would 100%, you? Yeah. Would you? 100%. Uh, I haven't seen Mariota have the success on the field just yet, but I think it's coming. I mean, I think you put Mariota in Dallas last year, and Dallas Maybe. is a better football team yeah. than what they were. Mariota in the red zone is, is very good. And here's a question I have for you, and I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but if the NFL, the NFL Top 100, the NFL Network, whatever list they do, and they have him at 14, Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. Did, Ro- did Tony Romo ever get ranked higher than 14? No. Romo, the highest he was was, I think, after the 2014 season when the Cowboys went 12-4 and four and lost on the Desno catch. Uh, I think he was 34. I think okay. that's the highest he got. So that tells you how faulty this list is because if Romo was never even close to a top 10, Dak Prescott needs to get his rear end back into the 60s. 60s? Top players? Whole league? 60s. Romo's best ranking was 34, and you're going to throw Dak Prescott at 14? Your list sucks. And everyone who was involved. Tell it to the players. I'm telling them right now. They suck, huh? Except for you Dolphins. I do think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron Donald should be a top 10 player on that list. AD, no question. Aaron Donald, to me, is the best defensive lineman in football. He's a savage. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue, especially with J.J. Watt coming off the injury-plagued year that he had. But especially in terms of interior defensive line, easily number one, and just overall defensive players, yeah, he's a he's a top three to five defensive player in the entire league without question. So I don't know where they got Donald on that list, but the list sucks. They had him at fifteen, and the NFL Network, yeah, so they got him one spot in, uh, behind Dak. So they got Dak ahead of Aaron Donald. Yeah, maybe yep. they should. Maybe. You know what? Whoever created this list needs to call that hotline. Freaking jokers, man! You are really spitting fire tonight. I was happy to start the show. I don't know what happened. <laughs> that does it for our uh, NFL roundup there on Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab. And now we wrap the show as we always do with a little fighting and entertainment stuff going on. And we've got to stay in the world of Mayweather McGregor as long as we can. And we had a few celebrities weighing in on the fights. The one and only Sylvester Stallone, Sly, also known as Rocky Balboa. The real real Italian Stallion. Also, the greatest sports film of all time. He's Rocky, a.k.a. John Rambo. He is Rambo, yeah. Man, he's just a jack of all trades, that guy. But Sylvester Stallone commenting on uh, the Conor Floyd fight and and, uh, who he thinks is going to win. Yeah. Who? Mayweather McGregor. Who you got? You know who's going to win. Who's it? You know who's going to win. Is it good for boxing? Who do you think is going to win? I think Mayweather all day. What? So you got McGregor? You got McGregor. That's what you're saying? I always have the underdog. Okay. Is it good for boxing? He's a real-life Rocky. Right over Mayweather, huh? Wow. I think Mayweather's going to turn a beat. 
I live in fantasy. <laughs> I think Mayweather's going to try to break Rocky Marciano's record. You know? He's going to get hurt. Uh oh, that's why. No, I'm kidding. I know, I know. But it's not my <laughs> Let's put it this way, guys. It's never been done before. I mean, never been done before, so you never know. Will we see you courtside? Ringside? Never. <laughs> Have a good one, Slide. The fact that he's not going is hey, shocking. Adrian. But he called Conor hey, McGregor the real-life Rocky Balboa. He sounded hammered, and you can tell by his explanation well, he, he was hammered. It's just how he talks. I mean, you'll never know if he's drunk or not drunk, right? So that's how he, he always slurs his words. That's a fair point, but he, he said can he always lives in get away with land. it. He lives in fantasy. Well, he, he does live in the entertainment business. He knows he is choosing something that is uneducated. I think he knows something and wrong. the rest of the world should pick up on. <laughs> Connor will beat Floyd Mayweather on August 26th, folks. If you say so. Arnold Schwarzenegger also weighing in on it, but he had a different approach in terms um, of uh, yeah the governor of if he's going to attend this fight or not. He's he's thinking more like yeah the governor's going to make an appearance, baby. Arnold, Arnold, dude, Arnold. The computer, Arnold's locked up. Arnold. Arnold. Uh, he does like to get locked and loaded. It's funny. Arnold. The governor. All right. I think. It's not going to work. We got it's, stood it's, up by Schwarzenegger. It's going to work. That's the first time this happened. He's usually a friend of the show. I didn't think he really liked us that much. Well, me and That one time along. we pat you. Oh, you two get along? Him and I got along. Oh, yeah. You have a lifting hey, session? Hey, here we go. Well, no, this is an You have ad. a lifting session together? Huh? Yeah, that's why I'm so sore. I don't know. What what were you doing? What do you have you do? Curls. Curls, huh? Curls or girls? He had me doing curls for the girls. Ice curls Cube girls? and Allen Iverson are selling me something on this ad right well, now. Well, it's probably about that big out. three deal, which also before we get Arnold talking, uh, they had an issue yeah, with the T Mobile three. Arena. Because Ice Cube's done this whole big three basketball tournament thingamajig, and the championship's supposed to be the same night as McGregor Mayweather, and they've got it booked at T Mobile Arena where they want to have this fight. So I don't know why the hell you would announce the fight's going to be at T-Mobile when you have an event booked that night there. But obviously you're going to kick the big three out. I'm sure they'll have to pay off Ice Cube in that tournament. But you're putting it because it's bigger than the MGM Grand. You want to try and fit as many people as possible. Right, Arnold? Are you going? Hey, sir. Good to see you. So far, so good. You, your your buddy uh, Stallone, he's taking Conor McGregor over Floyd Mayweather. Who does the governor got? Ask Giuseppe, my bodyguard. <laughs> I think we're gonna go with the underdog. On the underdog. Well, what's the Terminator think? Are you are you with Floyd or are you with Connor? He's not interested. And will you be attending the fight? I, I'll be there. You'll be I'll there. Be back. All right. <laughs> Who do you got, though, Governor? He's not gonna answer you, bro. He only answers nosebleed seats, but he'll be there. God, I hate TMZ reporters. I thought he was picking. Uh, I thought he was saying he was picking the underdog, aka McGregor. Well, Giuseppe is picking McGregor, oh. his bodyguard. So I'm like, which Jesus. is weird because if you see Giuseppe, he's half the size of Arnold. Walchick, I'm like, you scoured the entire internet and earth over these last week to find the only two people in the entire <laughs> world that are picking McGregor in this fight. You bleephole. Uh, yeah, no, that's exactly what I did. Good. No, I, I came across that and. I thought to myself, hell yeah. Uh, the only one I care about is Sly. Sly boxes, man. He knows. He knows the, the real power of the oh, left. Oh, yeah, for sure. Have you seen Rocky? 
Wow. I take that as disrespect. Rocky two, Rocky three, Rocky. We can skip Rocky five. Rocky five was trash. Bite your tongue. Especially the series. Oh come on, you liked Rocky five? No, I mean it was just. Nostalgia. I did not like Rocky five at all. Ah, uh, it is what it is. Sly doesn't know what he's talking about. Sly knows Mayweather's exactly what win. he's talking he's about. Boxing. Mayweather's gonna win, and uh, maybe, maybe not. And not only that, but Mayweather's gonna win. Adrian Broder, who is a uh, boxer, he's actually got a fight coming up here. He talked about possibly wanting to fight, also. On this McGregor Mayweather card. Yeah, why not? Let's That's just what you do against a guy like Connor. You know, you know, everyone's supposed to be Floyd. Is that something that maybe when Floyd's done, you wanted to shot at Connor too? Um, um, depending on um the punishment I take um of this fight, you um, know, um, if I come out unmarked and um fresh and flashy as um like I usually do. He looks high. Um, I'll be willing to fight on the card against Nate Diaz. Guy behind him over the light bank. Really? Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, Would yeah, you do that? You talked over the clip there, man. God! <laughs> no, 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 I'll be willing to fight on Okay, play. Floyd's on the card against Nate Diaz. Really? <laughs> Would you do that? I'm just talking. <laughs> I was about to say, that just blew my mind. I was like, holy oh, crap, that would be insane, dude. But do you, If we can make it happen, let's do it, though. Would that be something you'd be interested in going against, like, an MMA fighter and kind of doing of more course. of these sucker fights? Let's do it. Yeah? Yes. And is that who you'd maybe aim for? Is that someone like, you know, would be a, a guy like Nate? It got to be a big name. It got to be a big name. It got to be a big name. That'd be insane. What are your thoughts, what are your thoughts about this fight with Floyd versus Conor? I know that's what a lot of the talk Oh, it's a huge week. fight. It's a, it's, I think it's going to be a very entertaining fight. Um, McGregor, he's, 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 he's won most of his fights standing up. You know, punching. So you know, uh, he, to, if you ask me, he got a puncher's chance. I'm, 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 I'm happy for Floyd Mayweather. They got the job done. You know, and um, I think it's, I think it's going to be a more competitive fight of what people think. Do you, do you think that Connor from the has mouth. a chance though? Like, is it just one punch that he has to get? I mean, or if Floyd doesn't knock him out, is that a disappointment of Floyd's end? Um, he got a puncher's chance. You know, uh, I mean, I, I'm a boxer, so. You know, once you step in that ring, everybody um, is just one punch away from a knockout. So I always say he got a puncher chance. But, you know, in all reality, Floyd's going to kick his ass. <laughs> Until it happens and uh, one of those punches lands. He's just giving you the... Just yeah, teasing. He's just teasing a little bit. Because technically, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. So, of course, he's got a puncher's chance. Great. Thanks. Thanks. Everybody Appreciate does. It. Everybody wow, does great. any fight. I would love to see that, though. He should fight Nate Diaz in the undercard. That'd be awesome. Nate's not fighting anybody. Let's set it up. Other UFC news uh, in Singapore this past weekend. Holly Holm knocked out Betch Correa. With a nasty leg kick, and it was awesome because I hate Betch Correa. And she's sitting there egging Holly Holm on. That stupid Betch. Like, come over here, Betch. Come over here. And Holly Holm just says, all right, roundhouse, boom, to the face, knockout. And Betch Correa probably crapped herself again. But we couldn't see it because she was wearing uh, not white trunks this time. She was like, yellowy black ones. But she literally crapped herself when the Ronda Rousey knocked her out. You could see some poo stains on the back. Dang, dude. That's no kidding. That, I remember when the big show, we had uh, we had the audio of the yeah. big show. He crapped his pants. It happens from time to time. Add to the best of us. UFC Fight Night in Oklahoma City this weekend. Check that out. And uh, Jermaine Durandamain, who won the featherweight UFC title, defeating Holly Holm a little while back. First ever inaugural championship of that weight division. She's been stripped of her title. And yet again, as we've played audio of Mighty Mouse a couple weeks ago, Demetrius Johnson, she found out. 
via social media. The UFC apparently not doing a good job of keeping in contact with their champions. Durandame no longer the featherweight champion. That title will be stripped in a fight, which will be between Cyborg and a, uh, an opponent that I'm blanking on right now, but it doesn't really matter because that division will belong to Cyborg. So there's uh, your UFC and MMA news, and don't worry, we'll keep all the Conor audio flowing. If anybody wants to pick McGregor, it'll be played on this show. <laughs> yeah, anyone who wants to make a name for yourself, just say on record that you're picking McGregor. Walchick will find the audio, and we will play it on the show. You're god dang freaking right. Because there's only like 60 a walk on the earth. Uh, we're few and far between. Two. We're going to fall on the damn sword <laughs> together, baby. That's what we're doing. Entertainment News saw a movie last week. It was called It Comes at Night. It what's at night? <laughs> it Comes at Night. This will rescue this whole episode. <laughs> Starring Is Joel. this an adult film? No, no, no. No, it was marketed as like a horror movie, but it was not. And then it turned out, it, to, be it turned out to be like a long episode of The Walking Dead. Wow. Honestly, is what it was. I mean, it, it it's a suspense uh, horror drama. Uh, the, the, the tagline is secure within a desolate home as an unnatural threat terrorizes the world. A man has established a tenuous domestic order with his wife and son, but this will soon be put to test when a desperate young family arrives seeking refuge. So there's like a play going on, and they're one of the few survivors, and they've set up basically a house where he's living with his wife and kid. And the only thing they can do is just come at night. Exactly. And, uh, well, the sickness comes Hell at night. Plot. The sickness comes at night. That's that's why it's called It Comes at Night. Oh. Bit of a slow burn. It was an okay movie. I don't think I'll ever see it again. But if you're interested in that kind of stuff, go out there and check it out. I'm not going to say it was terrible, but it wasn't great. It didn't blow my mind away. Cars 3, your weekend winner at the box office. Wonder Woman coming in, too. All Eyes on Me, the Tupac story at number three, which has not gotten as good reviews as I was hoping. I still plan on checking it out. The Mummy at four, and then 47 Meters Down, your favorite film of the summer. Yes. At number five. I just wish it would have been 47 meters. 100. You're an idiot. Uh, Transformers The Last Night comes out actually tonight. Tomorrow it's released nationwide. Transformers 17? Yeah, it's Transformers Galore. Uh, that's going to come out this weekend, so expect that to probably win the box office and make a ton of money, even though it's probably a trash film that I have no idea if I'll see or not. I used to love the Transformers franchise. Now The first two were solid. Yeah, man. I've kind of given up on them. Megan Fox, Shia LaBeouf, 1-800-STAY-IN-YOUR-LANE. I love Shia LaBeouf. There you go. I like that. I like that. One eight hundred. Stay in your lane. I had some other Bad's stuff. making music, baby. I'm gonna save it for next week because you know what? We had so much good content the first hour with our guests. If that's what you want to call it. And the mess ups that we were doing, just having fun and jerking off with ourselves. That's a wrap for today's show. We're gonna take a breather. We're gonna try to improve for next time. Yeah, hopefully we get better. Uh, Eric was not on his game. Not even close. He was completely disrespectful. And uh, I apologize on his behalf. I also apologize for having the biggest pepperoni nips on the planet. Which we will all But maybe I see. shouldn't apologize. No, we should be, we're should we going to be thanking you here next thank week. Thank me. Thank Bab, really, for being a disastrous Thank fan the Astros. For making that happen. Yeah, the disastros. Either way, that's been a presentation of Nosebleed Seats. Not a good presentation. Episode just a presentation. number 20. See the people love this. Hit us up on our tweets at Nosebleed Pod, Facebook, Nosebleed Seats Podcast, on our website, nosebleedseatsradio.com. Nosebleed Seats Radio, 
Magic.com. That's where all the magic happens. It's been a fun show. Thank you, everyone involved. Nick Nepic, Kennedy Miller, myself, Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab. We'll catch you next week, episode 21. Hugs and hand pounds, everybody. Come poised. 1-800-KILL-YOURSELF. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.